This week, we're going to win this war not by fighting what we hate, but by saving what we love, which is Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. This is Body Counts and Beer. Welcome to a very belated installment of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosendahl. I am Patrick Bromwell. Are we sure we're recording this Yeah, time? this is a good question. All right, so the... the uh, yes, we are recording. So uh, if you've been wondering where the fuck we've been uh, for the last couple weeks, it is because we tried to record an episode and unfortunately recorded it through the shitty laptop mic as opposed to the real mic we use. Uh, and so that became unusable. However, we're back today, we are recording, and we're finally, finally going to be talking about the last Star Wars movie ever, right? Is that true? I, I mean, it's in the so. title. I mean, it does say the last That's one, true. Right? Star Wars... Why do you think there's no more action heroes anymore? Right. True, that's a good point, yeah. Or Mohicans. All, yeah, or exactly. Mohicans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about, if you haven't figured it out yet, we're talking about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Right in time to be two months late. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were on, we weren't going to be on time. Nah, we were still like a month late the last time. We saw it in the theater, though. That's, that's like something. That's true. Yeah. No. Even if it was several weeks after it came out. That's true. Yeah. Uh, maybe Stormy Daniels will tweet at us, though. <laughs> well, that'd be nice. What? She tweeted at Ryan Johnson saying, fuck you. What? Really? Yeah. Who's Ryan Johnson? Uh, the director of the film that we watched, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Oh. Also the writer of the film we watched, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. I'm sorry, you may know him better as the writer-director of Looper. Yes, or you might know him as the uh, writer-director of Brick. If I may ask. Or you may know him as the collaborator with John Darnielle for The Last Jedi, who ate all of the bones of the previous Jedi. Or you might know him Ooh. as the writer-director of The Brothers Bloom. Uh, probably not. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, I don't know that it's one. It's a pretty sweet Wes Anderson light, though. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> also, how did he piss off Stormy Daniels? Um, she but, seems like a nice lady. Right, very well-adjusted, very well-balanced. Yeah. Uh, apparently she just doesn't like the treatment of some of her favorite characters in history. Oh, or maybe nice. she thought it was somebody else. I don't know. Ooh, sure. that could go either way. You know what? I mean, with a name like Ryan, Ryan Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, no, I feel like I know eight of those. Right. Yeah. However, he does spell it with an I instead of a Y. Ooh, so that, that makes him kind of automatically a prick, though. Does it? I think so. Let's run the science. Because then he's like All backwards right, Rain Johnson. <laughs> Uh, I did the science, okay. and it turns out that he's not necessarily a prick, but he definitely leans towards being a ah, prick. Okay. Yeah, fair. Right Just because of the name. Correlates sure. to prick. Yes. Yeah. All right, so, Star Wars uh, Episode Eight, uh, The Last Jedi, begins like all Star Wars movies do, except that one. Flying yellow text rolling through space! Why didn't they do it for that one? I don't, know. I don't know why. I think they wanted to do it different for the Star Wars stories. Yeah, I think to the, set them apart. The like main canonical saga episodes are all going to have crawls, but the the spinoff movies. I mean, there's only one so far, Rogue One. But my understanding is that to, uh, to I preserve the epic quality, I guess, or just to, for consistency, they don't. I don't know. 
Good answer. I got I lost it. in that sentence, you no. guys. I'm but gonna, you know what? I found my way out, and I feel like I'm a better person. No, oh, I'm that's really nice. It's true. I feel like I witnessed your growth. That's true. I uh, at first, I um, I rejected my call to action. I said no, thanks. I'm going to the Tashi Station. Nice. Uh, but you know what? That Good adventure, station. it just it forced my hand. We've all <laughs> stopped talking because my wife came home. Should we pause or are we going to cut nah, this nah. Keep it in. This is gold. <laughs> all right. Word. What kind of bucket did you buy? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you know the kind of bucket that D bought, please write in. Please don't. One, two, three. Uh, what? Body house. <laughs> body One, house. Two, three, body house. Yeah, it's on Bullets Drive. God damn it. <laughs> That's our website, right? Yeah. Is that how well, this podcast is going? <laughs> <laughs> we technically just started. Oh. It's full of potential. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh <laughs> Star Wars Episode 8 uh, begins with an opening crawl. Basically catches you up on everything you missed in The Force Awakens. Uh, the First Order has been dealt a serious blow, but it doesn't matter because they blew up the New Republic and now they are destroying everybody else in the Resistance. Uh, and we begin with our good friend, uh, uh, Poe Dameron, making an attack on the uh, First Order ships. Yeah, the First Order capital ships have gone to the planet of Dakar, which is where the last Resistance holdout is. Uh, but yeah, a single plucky pilot with a twinkle in his eye and a song in his heart. And a funny joke about being on hold on the telephone. Yeah, he has a nice long, long little... little. Uh, uh, I mean, is... Is it any more or less out of character than when fucking Harrison Ford fonzies the Millennium Falcon at one point? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, it is the first time that anyone's made any sort of like f- reference to a phone. Yeah, this is a fucking revolutionary new trilogy, dude. <laughs> I like it. I like Show this up movie. or get out. I'm Ooh, here. I showed fine. up. All right. We're talking about it. Well, that seems to check out, but I'm yeah. going to run the science on that later. And there are oh, phones. I ran the science. You're yeah. right. I got out. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not here. Oh, oh shit. My bad. That's bad news. So, uh, Poe Dameron, uh, in his one sleek, dark X-Wing, uh, rockets toward the the uh, First Order Star Destroyer and its Dreadnought, which is like a super... It's a super, super Star Destroyer? Yeah. I th- yeah, I mean, I think it's just what they... I think it's the equivalent of a Super Star Destroyer. Right. Because we get the, the fucking, like, First Order flagship later on in the movie that dwarfs all of the other Star Destroyers. Right, and that's so. the Super, Super, Super Star Destroyer. Uh, it's a fucking Star Wars movie, dude. It's called the Super Duper. I was about Star- to oh, say, right. there's got to okay. be a duper in there. You're right. I'm so According sorry. to the, you know, First Republic military classification. Of course. Exactly. You got to toss yeah. a duper in there. So uh, It comes with some, uh, some biggie-sized TIE fighters. Yeah, biggie-sized. <laughs> yeah. I think biggie is my favorite method of getting more food at a fast food restaurant. Oh. That was Wendy's, right? That was Wendy's. Wendy's. The biggie size. Yeah, old time, too. They don't yep, do yep, it yep. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because McDonald's is... Super like size. Super size. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you ask them, you can still get it, probably. Did did Burger King ever have a... Size up? Yeah, but it's just, like, large. Okay, but they never had, like, a fucking, Wait, like... Wait, it wasn't no. king size? No, right? What a bunch of cornholes. It was right there on the table, you idiot. Yeah, but let's face it. Burger King is the shittiest. 
of the major fast food brands. I guess, but they're the only ones wow. with opinions on net neutrality, so I guess they're okay. Yeah, but they're also the only ones who spent like a decade invading my home with the creepiest king mascot <laughs> in the universe. That thing is a serial killer. You ever play the uh, the Xbox game? The Burger King Xbox game? There were two of them. There was a racer and a stealth action. Oh, God. Were you that king? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you were, buddy. Who else were you going to be? I don't know. The members of the Burger King Kids Club? <laughs> the knockoff denizens of, like, McDonald Land? Yeah. <laughs> Which was just a, oh, a cool kid with rad sunglasses, and they rode BMX bikes. That was all they did. They Are you did. sure you're not thinking of Willie Beamish? Who's Willie Beamish? Exactly. Moving on. All right. All so right. that's a no. <laughs> okay. So Poe Dameron attacks this dreadnought. And what he's doing is he's trying to wipe out all of its turbo lasers so that the uh, uh, resistance transports, which are unarmed, uh, can shoot past them. And he's pretty successful eventually. He gets shot on a little bit. BB-8's got a fun little bit of business trying to fix the guns. But he eventually blows up all the turbo lasers. And rebel transports start zipping out but then poe is like we're not finished here because i'm not just gonna kill the guns i'm gonna kill this whole big ship and that's when he calls in the big guns the resistance bombers which look kind of like uh b-wings on roids Um, (laughs) just like super b-wings and they're very slow and they just kind of like super slow yeah, they're kind of like... I mean, they have those bombs, dude. Right. They're like golf carts that somebody left the governor on. Like, who gives a shit? Right. <laughs> if you can't go super fast and jump it over the sand pit, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, eventually, they get these bombers in, and it's a mad dash to... It's a big uh, opening starf battle. It's awesome. It's really yeah. cool. The, the First nice. Order has yeah. let loose a fleet of TIE fighters that are engaging in ship-to-ship combat. Yeah. Uh, there's also some newly designed A-wings up in there, if that's your thing. No judgments here. Everyone's welcome. And the bomber is trying to get over this weird sphincter that's over top of the dreadnought. It's like yeah, a big again, circular hole. No judgments. No, no Every, judgment. Every, no everyone's judgment. welcome. This is fine. <laughs> sphincter ships are okay. No. Yeah. To be fair, it's not a sphincter ship. It's a ship with a sphincter. I mean, I guess that's You're fine. right. The sphincter is not the ship's defining characteristic. Right. Exactly. It's the two dangly <laughs> balls it has at the bottom <laughs> that shoots lasers at the planet. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, that that's, is true. that's how it chooses to present, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, so anyways, uh, the most of the bombers are quickly taken out, uh, just sinking into space, crashing all over the place. But one, one bomber Holds makes out. it through. And just as it's about to dump its payload of bombs... He said payload. <laughs> <laughs> he also said bombs, the yeah, dumb idiot. <laughs> High five, Patrick! Yeah, get it on the mic. Boy, none of this is usable. (laughs) Are you sure you don't want to release the other recording? (laughs) I deleted it. I'm recording over it. (laughs) So if we uh, stay silent long enough, the old recording kind of comes through? No, I straight up just deleted it. It's gone. Because this is what it sounded like before. Uh, So you're, you're welcome, world, I guess. Um, so anyways, uh, this ship tries to drop its bombs, but oh no, the bomber is hurt. So the pilot of this particular ship, uh, whose name I can't recall. I think it's uh, Paige? Paige Tico, that's yeah. right. She climbs down into the bomb pit, uh, and unfortunately before she can get down there, she's rocked by an explosion and falls down on her back. Uh, it was a hurricane. Oh, you're right. I... She got 
Yeah. Okay. She did That's scream fair. into the empty void of space, here I am, and You're... the hurricane answered. Yeah. You're right. I'm this sorry. is really the story of the hurricane, if you think about it. In a big way. <laughs> John, you're a big fan of the winds. I really am. The winds of change. <laughs> you know what? Uh, time may change me, but I'm wasting a lot of time. Hey, taking away the moments that make up a dull day. I get it. That makes sense. <laughs> this whole bit would be better if it was backed by the Cincinnati Pops. Sure. We we left the scorpions behind a no, long time. No, I was taking it back. I took it back. The scorpions did the uh, S and M, but right. they did it with the Cincinnati Pops That's right. because you know they're the scorpions, so they don't get the London Philharmonic. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> not Metallica. Strangely enough, like I love that the scorpions, a German band, yeah. like went to Cincinnati to find like the back. They couldn't. There's no German orchestras no, that can have done that for them. Well, I not. feel like uh, they not came... that rock. No, oh, you're right. I feel like what happened is they came to America and people just kept sarcastically giving them directions. <laughs> Excuse sure. me, we are here for your most rocking of all the orchestras. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, going to want to go to Cincinnati for That's that. For sure. Oh, definitely, yeah. They're pops, of all things. Yeah. They're not like a chamber orchestra. Well, you know, we are much more of like a rock band, but I guess we can also do it a pop. <laughs> The Scorpions were all a thousand-year vampires, right? <laughs> Correct. Of course. Yes. That yeah. is absolutely true. They Otherwise, that impression doesn't make any goddamn sense. Because all of this does. So, uh... Yes, yeah, Taicho. <laughs> we got some great bucket content that our fans have been asking for. Mm-hmm. Our fan? Yeah. No, oh, my mom! <laughs> so Paige, Paige Chico, uh, nail, fall out of breath, falls on the ladder, kicks this ladder, finally gets the controller of the bombs to let loose and the bombs come on they destroy the dreadnought uh, right in, in the sphincter yeah just right up it's big space butthole I yeah. guess although it's sphincters on top which is kind of interesting that's yeah, a I new mean, yeah. I mean it's space there's no constant y axis there's You're no correct. way to know that's You're right. true. That's I'm true sorry too. about that yep so anyways it drops these bombs right in its bum hole and then <laughs> uh, blows it all up to hell the first order including uh uh, General Hux, he's played by Domino Gleason, uh, the very thin son of very heavy actor uh, Brendan Gleason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Brendan Gleason didn't have two sons so much as he just like shaved <laughs> off a little bit of bone and like that was his kids. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they uh, he's very upset. The rebels make their run for it, uh, but it's okay for the first order because. They're being tracked through hyperspace. Oh, yeah. shit. Uh, John, what happens next? Um, boy, what doesn't happen next? Uh, I think that's where we go to Octo, right? Well, it's yeah, it's at this point that the film uh, kind of splits off yeah, into, well, into three, three different three stories. Like about to wake up, isn't he? Yes, yeah. yeah. Once they, once Poe gets back to the uh, Mon Calamari like, capital ship. He gets called chewed out for getting everybody killed. Yes. That's for sure. And Leia notice, is yeah. unhappy. Yeah, General Leia Organa is very upset. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because, again, uh, he disobeyed a direct order from General Organa during the battle that after the capital ships had jumped to hyperspace, uh, made the jump to light speed into hyperspace, uh, she gave him a direct order to rally up his forces and come back so that they can all escape. He ignored that order and, in defiance, still kept his attack run, thus losing... 
Like everybody in the fleet except for maybe like two pilots. Yeah, they lose yeah, a lot. They, get it's, a lot they lose all of their bombers and all but like four fighters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Leia demotes him from commander, which presumably he got that promotion after his daring run on uh, Star Killer Base. Correct. Uh, wasn't able to really taste that until Leia slaps the taste out of his mouth and yeah, because it's been like a captain. couple days. Yeah. No, it's been like a couple hours. Well, we don't we don't know how much time. Was in between the attack on Starkiller Base and how long it took Ray to they get are, to Octo. Sure, but they are evacuating the base on Takar in direct response to, hey, our bombing run on Starkiller Base was successful, but now the First Order knows where we are. We gotta get the fuck out. Sure, but that could still be like a couple days. I suppose. But still, yeah, it's very soon after. Yeah. So they're on their way out. Um, this is when Finn wakes up, played by, again, John Boyega. Uh, if you remember in the last movie, he took a pretty vicious lightsaber blow to his whole life yeah. uh, by Kylo <laughs> Ren. Uh, he wakes up, and there's a fun little bit where he's wearing a back-to-suit. Yeah, they've upgraded from tanks to suits. Yeah, so you don't have to just like constantly be drowning in a vat yeah. of goo. It's also what a lot of people on a lot of back though. Yeah, correct. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize is the original trilogy uh, was taking place in a bit of a scientific dark age, where medicine had just come to the point of leeches and drowning. Oh, sure, okay. So in Empire Strikes Back, I don't know, this dude took a fucking wampa to the face. Well, I guess drown him, and if he comes back alive, we know he's a witch. Oh, interesting. Nice. That makes perfect sense to Right? Because then he starts using his witch powers way the heck more because he knows he doesn't have to hide it anymore. That's true. We're fucking on to you, Luke Skywalker. (laughs) He's a witch. (laughs) Uh, So uh, Finn wakes up and there's a little bit of like... Laurel and Hardy slapsticky run him ups while he's shooting goo all over the yeah, place. Sure. Uh, finally, he runs into Poe, who uh, kind of explains what's going on, and that Ray, his companion from the previous movie, is gone. She is on Octo. Bless you. <laughs> I liked it. Right? So uh, this is where the movie kind of because it sounds like a sneeze, Mark. The it name does. of the planet. That's why it's funny. Right. It's a yeah. silly planet name, is my point. Yeah. Right. But I'm sneeze. like underlining the the absurdity of the sure. planet name but by you, you purposefully me. conflating it with the sound that a sneeze makes. I understand, but you confused me by saying a uh, sneeze because that's. Isaac Hayes' character's name in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, you mean Dave Chappelle? No, his Dave Chappelle's father. Ah, Chew. Yeah, his You're father. Right. Isaac, Isaac Hayes is a sneeze. sneeze. Yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't pull a Morgan Freeman and let the one guy just be in both parts of the movie. They had to split it up because apparently Isaac Hayes was only available for a day. <laughs> he had to get back to nothing. Shut up. <laughs> People are honking outside if you can hear that, but it really makes me mad. Yeah, we're recording this during the State of the Union, so I, I guess it's like the Super Bowl when people get real, like, honky. <laughs> yeah. They get real honky. Interestingly enough, most of the people tuning into it, probably honky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe some crackers. No, most assuredly, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I can say that. I'm both those things. Now, um, <laughs> moving on. This is where the movie kind of splits off into three narratives, and I think we'll just kind of run through each of them uh, on their own. Uh, so we have Finn, 
who well, we'll start with Finn's narrative because yeah. this yeah. is the this is the narrative that is a the most uh, I think divisive. It's worth mentioning that there are some Star Wars fans out there who I, I believe is a vocal minority, but uh, they are very upset with parts of this movie, and a lot of them are very upset with this particular storyline, uh, which is the uh, Canto Bite uh, Casino Heist storyline. This is where Finn yeah. and Rose Tico, played by Kelly Marie Tran, uh, go to this sweet, awesome fucking casino planet to find a code breaker to stop the First Order from tracking them through hyperspace. Yeah. Right. And this is probably the most classically Star Wars in terms of its structure. Uh, it, it has a twist at the end of it, but this is basically the like convoluted, insane plan to pull off a thing against all odds that... Star Wars is very much known for. Like, there's not a lot of daylight between this plan and the rescue of Han Solo at the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Right. True. I would say, that I think the, the thing that most people are ups, would be upset about, and I'm just trying to think from their point of view, because again, I actually really like, I love this movie, um, and I don't mind the sequence at all. I think it's pretty awesome. I think a big part of it is, it is very different tonally from everything else in the movie. Sure. Most of the movie is a little darker, it's a little more serious, and this kind of bit uh, is a little goofier, it's a little sillier. I mean, you say that, but they unleash a fleet of horse monsters to trample all over the war profiteers. Yeah, that's hilarious. Right. Right. I mean, it is pretty it's funny. It's the child slaves that cut them loose. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, I'm pretty sure I read that in a Farsight comic once. That's <laughs> comic genius. I mean, yeah, th- this is the, the part of the movie, politically, where it definitely leans into uh, no Star Wars, but class Star Wars. Sure. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I fucking dig it, man. Yeah. And I love the payoff. Yeah, so just a reminder, we watched this movie like two weeks ago, so we're probably going to miss some stuff. Just a heads up. If you don't like it, too bad. Write us. Yeah, other than our normal, very meticulous review of the plot of movies, <laughs> this one might get a little fast and loose. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So uh, basically what happens is uh, Finn uh, and uh, Rose, after a little bit of a misunderstanding that Finn is deserting when he's not, he's just trying to go find Ray. Uh, they realize that they're being tracked through hyperspace, and the only way to do the, to fix this is to get onto... Uh, the, first, the flagship, uh, the flagship yeah. of the first order, and shut it down manually. But the only way to get onto the ship is by having a code breaker to break down part of their shield. And they don't have a code breaker because Maz Kanata is too busy having a firefight with pirates or something. Or something. It's a no, she's it's union. a union dispute. Yeah. That's right. She's a fucking union buster in she's this movie. Going Pinkerton. <laughs> yeah. Which like boy. I don't like that one bit. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she's a fucking pirate. They sure. straight up call her a pirate. Well, that's true. I mean, that's kind of the whole... If there is a point to the Canto Bite sequence, that's the point of it, is that on the one side you have, uh, you know, on the two sides you have the two teams against each other in the war, and then there's this massive area of third parties yeah. doing their various other things. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always been... Neutrally, kind of neutrally yeah. all over the place. There's always been the government, the resistance to the government, and basically just, like, the corporate sector, the pirates, the yeah. smugglers, the, the moisture farmers. And, and to some extent, Luke, as we'll talk about later, is the, like, people attempting to abstain from the whole nonsense, too. Sort yeah. of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they basically run a plan by Poe Dameron, like, hey, if we go down and get this code breaker from Canto Bite, like, we're going to be able to do this. That's what Maz Kanata told us to do. Uh, and so they send him off sort of in secret without telling the current leadership of the fleet, which is 
not General Leia Organa right now. Oh, you guys, what happened to General Leia Organa? She's all right, right? Right? Uh, sort, of. sort of. So the First Order does catch up with them and launches a, a, a fighter assault on their capital ship, yeah. which is very deadly. Yeah. It destroys basically the remainder of the uh, for, uh, Resistance fighters, uh, blows them up, and you, this is where we first get to see Kylo Ren in the movie. Kylo Ren strikes out into his own personal ship. It's kind of a pretty sweet mix between like the old Jedi starfighters and an X-Wing. Yeah, uh, or a Tie Fighter rather. Yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of continuing the trend of like, hey, whatever the like Darth character is gets to have a cool fucking ship. Yeah. Yes, because much he, like Darth Vader had the uh, Tie Advance in New Hope right. to yeah. separate his ship from the other ships, and so he brings them in for a fight. Uh, it's sexy and black. And yeah, and he uh, <laughs> he's about to shoot Leia Organa. They have a weird moment where they, the Force joins them together and they yeah, can sense like each at other's. the end of uh, Empire Strikes Back with right. Luke and Leia, where the the screen literally like transist fades into both of their close-ups. Yes, and she recognizes that he's there, and he recognizes <clears throat> that she's there, and she, and he has been given pretty much explicit orders to destroy the remnants of who Ben Solo used to be, because although he killed Han Solo in the last movie, his father the uh, action of that has split his soul in two and uh, fucking Supreme Leader Snoke is pissed off about it. Oh, you mean Space Hef? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> With his uh, little golden slippies. And his sweet golden robe. <laughs> God, he is just like one chain away from like, welcome to the swinger party. Yeah. <laughs> he also... Put your cover charge in the cookie jar at the front. We've I... got a buffet set up in the back and come on, have some fun. I can Drop also your key off. <laughs> imagine that he is what E.T. looks like when he grows up. There are ET aliens in this universe, so that's yeah. That is true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Snoke is still surrounded in mystery, so we don't yep. know. We'll probably get the fucking Snoke novel written by Timothy Zahn at some point. Oh, Fingers crossed. That's very <laughs> exciting. Um, so I mean, I say that like sarcastically because I fucking hate a lot of the EU, but like I don't know that Thrawn trilogy is pretty fucking all right. I, yeah. It's pretty good. I assumed you were talking about the European Union for a good like fifteen seconds there. <laughs> And I mean, then I usually I understood am. what that acronym was yeah. for in this context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for a second, I had no idea that you were such a Theresa May fan. Sure. Dumb, you should have you should have used its proper terminology now. The Legends series, but that's the thing about legends. Some of them are true. <gasps> we'll get to that later too. Yeah. So, anyways, Kylo Ren like goes Paul to shoot. Bunyan. <laughs> yes, totally mm-hmm. true. Space jo- Paul Bunyan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul Johnny, Bunyan is Johnny, Star Wars Johnny story. Bantha Seed. Yeah. <laughs> Real gross. Good guy, planting all them bantha. I just yeah. imagine the bantha seed is slang for poop. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. Episode one already gave us the in canon term for bantha poop. Poo doo. Poo doo. So, anyways, uh, Ben Solo, Kylo Ren has an opportunity to murder his mother, but does it in a in an uncharacteristic moment of either mercy or weakness. Or or uh, empathy does not shoot Leia Organa. However, his two his two cronies totally do. Yeah, they do. They blow yeah, the they shit do. out of her room, I... and she is shot into the blackness of space. Yeah. 
I fucking hate it when someone else fucking snipes my kill in a multiplayer yeah. game. There is nothing <laughs> hey, more infuriating. Hey, hey, pick up the pace, buddy. I got their shields down. I should get the kill just because you swoop in at the Listen, last minute with your fucking pull dumb... Pull the fucking trigger if that's I, how you feel about I it. I had to reload. God. I emptied my entire clip to get their shield down and then you just waltz up with your fucking like needlepoint gun stinger. Listen, I'm moving from enemy to enemy to enemy. I can't be blamed if one of those was some half-ass bullshit you hadn't finished. It's just common courtesy is my point. This is why I just run into rooms and just throw all my grenades at once. (laughs) (laughs) And And everyone loves you. Mm -hmm. No. It's why I wasn't allowed to play Halo anymore. (laughs) People don't like it, especially when you just join random people online. Ooh, they don't like that at all. So anyways, uh, Leia is shot out into the inky, vast blackness of space. Uh, and, like, for a moment, it appears that the movie is going to just kill Princess Leia. Right, which is a moment that kind of morbidly, at least I was waiting for, because sort of outside the reality of the movie, Carrie Fisher unfortunately passed away shortly after filming had completed on this. Correct, uh, yes. So it was one of those things of just, like, any time that character is in the slightest bit of mortal danger, it is ramped up so much more because it's like, oh no, oh is this how this yeah, character has right. to that is true. somehow exit this franchise because they've already come out and said that they're not going to do any like digital recreations or recasting. Right. And Harrison Ford died in the last one, so you're anticipating that she's going to get it. I mean, right. usually you watch these movies... Or movies like this, and you think, yeah, you know, these set of characters are definitely not going to die. But you are watching this one expecting Carrie Fisher to die. Right. When you watch Lethal Weapon, you don't go, fuck it, Riggs is going to bite it. I know. God, if Riggs fucking actually shoots himself in that scene, and then the rest of the movie just (laughs) continues. (laughs) It's just old man. I'm sure if I had a sassy partner right now, he'd know the perfect thing to say. But I don't. Now get off that stupid building ledge, you dumb idiot. (laughs) And then Danny Glover just retires, and he gets on his boat. Yeah. And that's the end. And that's the end. Yeah. Mr. Joshua continues selling high-grade <laughs> drugs throughout the world. And frankly, we're probably better off for it. We probably are. Because yeah. we don't have to... Uh, 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 and the taxpayers aren't on the bill for all that destruction. Correct, yeah. Sure. And we also don't have to reveal like terrible secret government murder squads that made Riggs the lethal weapon. Yeah. Plus, uh, no Chris Tucker. I'm good with that. Wasn't he in one of the fucking sequels? Like, no, way the man, fuck down the line? That's Chris Rock. Rock, and he's great. Oh, in that that's too. right. He's the only good part of Lethal Weapon 4, aside yeah. from Jet Li. Jet Li is fantastic. I had somehow movie, yeah. taken Chris Tucker's performance in, not in uh, Rush Hour, which is what you would think, but somehow his performance in Jackie Brown. Okay. Oh, okay. And, like, pasted that into Lethal All Weapon right. 4. Right. Sure. Yeah. No, that's I fair. get it. That's fair. Yeah. It's a, it's a little racist, but fair. Sure. Uh, I will say I, I love Jackie Brown, but I hate it because it's the one thing Chris Tucker is good in. I hate Tim Allen, but I love Galaxy Quest. Hey, man. True. Everybody's got that one thing. I'm bad news to you. There's a show called News Radio. You'll uh-huh. be like, Andy Dick, you're kind of funny. Oh, what a funny character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's weird. He's the comic relief in a, a stable of veteran comics. Yeah. What could go wrong? And he's like naive and innocent. <laughs> yeah, he, that character is so far removed from the real, real Andy, Andy Dick. Dick. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's, yeah. 
Yeah, go Google why did John Lovitz punch Andy Dick and you're in for a great little anecdote. I mean, it's not a pleasant anecdote. No. No. But it ends with Andy Dick being punched in the face and having his head slammed on a bar at a comedy club by John Lovitz, which is really good. Yeah, no, that's that's totally great. But then you have to remember that one of the greatest comedians of our time died in a domestic violence incident. Yeah. Spoilies. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, Bummer. Star Wars. Uh, so anyways, uh, Finn and uh, Rose are shot. That they, they steal a little ship and they make their way to Canto Bight, which is a whole planet uh, it's not a it's like a resort planet it's kind of like Boston yeah. Paradise in Fifth Element like it exists for people to just like rich assholes to show up and like yeah. dance and party and yeah. stuff it's like the Atlantic City of the Star Wars universe right. the only thing it's missing is Ruby Rod going come on like screaming about shit like that yeah yeah that's fair missing yeah and it's the worst for it <laughs> this movie definitely needed more Chris Tucker John yeah or Chris Rock which one? Guys, it either. was Gary Oldman. Come oh, on. Man. It always is. It it's always also is. not a good movie. Oh. Oh, is that Fifth Element? Fifth yeah. Element? Oh, yeah. It's oh, pretty yeah. rough. It's I do one. not understand. Because when the movie first came out, everyone was like, this fucking dumb piece of shit. And then there was this weird thing in the mid-2000s. Where it's like the best movie anybody's ever seen. Right. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, you fucking gotta watch Fifth Element. I'm like, I did when I was like a kid and I thought it was stupid. I can't can't imagine it's gotten better somehow. Newsflash, it didn't. No, Mm-mm. it 100% didn't. Mm. It is, I will say this, it's probably one of the last decent Bruce Willis performances. It's before Bruce Willis went to walking sleep. <laughs> I was about to say, where he just kind of mumbles and looks at you funny. Yeah, like, yeah. he at least kind of gives a shit. Like, he's, he's fun, uh, he's kind of charming, and he's really good movie. in that movie. Um, but, like, that movie is... It's Euro excess taken to like a whole new level. Yeah. It's just not it's interesting. Like, it's at like all. if somebody gave Blade Runner an eight ball and sure. a, and, a <laughs> and a pain of meth, yeah. just a yeah. whole pain of crystal yeah. meth, yeah. and just went go crazy, buddy. Yeah. All right, more colors. Yeah, all the colors, and just like, hey, let's see how few clothes we can put on Mia Jovovich. Yeah. Sure. Is it none? It's pretty much none. Right? <laughs> That'll work. Just bandages will do. Yeah. Guys, but it turns out the fifth element was love. Duh, Captain Planet taught me that ages ago. Right? Come on. Heart, and you get a little monkey. Exactly. And the only time <laughs> I mean, you ever duh. use your power is to demonstrate why your power won't get you out of your current predicament. Yep. Well, I mean, that's the other reason. Because, I mean, why would you make a show about the day that you casually fixed all of your problems with your power? <laughs> because you're on a team with a fire ring, and that son of a bitch solves everything. Fuck yes, it does. Like, boy, I'd love to have a grilled cheese right now. Fire ring. Also, oh no, this eco-terrorist is trying to spill some oil in the ocean. Oh, no problem. Fire ring. Do you think... Yeah. Do you think- the Planeteers ever used their rings for like just non-planeteer related shit. Oh yeah, like, like filling make, up the bathtub. Yeah, like making a like making a grilled cheese mm-hmm. or like oh shit, like I need pasta water. Water! It's like fill oh, up a pot yeah. or something Definitely. like that. Because they're all teenagers. There's no way that they're dealing with those rings and not being huge assholes all the time. <laughs> hey guys, you, you guys 
Your papers are real organized. You need some wind in here to, to like rustle them up a little bit. No, no. All right. I'll say. Hey guys, anyone want to come outside and fly a kite? I can, I can, I can make it real windy for you guys. Come on, come on, guys, come on, guys, guys, P- please, P- pretty please. I fire ring. <laughs> Guys, I'm gonna tell you right now, I would lose my ring within the hour because I would immediately start setting things on fire. I mean, here's the would thing: Would Gaia take your ring back? <laughs> yes, but, Gaia, voiced by Whoopi Goldberg, would come take my fucking ring back. But fu- can she? Because she's gonna have to take it from your cold dead body. <laughs> I think Gaia can do that, though. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's a dark side to Gaia that's all like snakes and spiders and wolves and shit. <laughs> No, I, like, this is still Earth, bitches. Like, the only person I think who could stop Gaia would be Earth. Be the but Earth Gaia race. is Earth. But he controls the Earth. So she'd be like, I'm coming for you. And he's like, oh, yeah? <sighs> Earthquake. Now there is no Earth. I broke it in half. <laughs> it's like Magneto. Like, if Magneto wanted to, he could just be like, you know what? I don't like this place. Crack. Split. I just pulled all the iron out of our planet. <laughs> You're welcome. Goodbye. Even easier than that, I'm going to tilt the magnetic North Pole slightly in one direction. (laughs) Everyone turned to do a party favor. Yeah, that does Guys, I didn't want that to be the end of that bit, but scientifically speaking, that's what would happen. No, hold on. Let me do that. Let me do the math. Do it. Do it. Do it. You're right. Yeah, it turns yeah. out that the bit ran out of mileage about five minutes ago. Yeah. Yep. So uh, let's move on and finally get to Canto Bites. Yeah, we're there. Yeah. Uh, oh, they guys, got horses. The first time we recorded this, it took us two hours. Let's see if we can, <laughs> let's see if we can get we're it under We're going to beat that. the record. So uh, Canto Bite, uh, when we get there, begins with uh, Rose and Finn just dumping their ship on a beach while an alien voice by Joseph Gordon-Levitt is very upset. Yeah, because that's against ordinance. It Correct. Is, yeah. He's ruining the view. And this becomes our uh, sort of Star Wars cantina scene for the film. Yeah. yeah. Rose uh, even introduces it as saying, this is a disgusting place. I hate the people here. And, uh, yeah, Finn is just like, what are you talking about? There's, like, little fucking tuxedo monsters everywhere. <laughs> This is great! Yeah, and there's just like weird aliens and people all over the place. Gambling and drinking and drinking and gambling. It's playing spacecrafts and space slots. Yeah. There's a little... Fucking hologram chess at some point. Space (laughs) baccarat. There's a little space werewolf, like, tuxedo man who mistakes BB-8 for a slot machine and just starts jamming coins into it. Yeah. And BB-8's like, this is my life now. (laughs) Just getting them coins. Yeah. Keep getting paid, son. That's how you do it, right? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Rose and Finn are told to look out for a code breaker. They'll know him because he has a red uh, like crest on his shirt. Like a red a rose. Yeah. yeah. And when they finally find him, it's played by the hilarious Justin Thoreau, writer oh, of God. Iron Man 2 and Tropic Thunder, yep. and also Str- star of The Leftovers. <laughs> Fresh from his stint on season three of Twin Peaks comes <laughs> Justin Thoreau. And he is bonded up my god it is uh, this is possibly the the most brilliant 30 seconds of film it's up there (laughs) if we could give academy awards to specific timestamps of movies Mm -hmm. there is no way this doesn't get best (laughs) douchebag yeah in 30 seconds of justin throw you need everything you need you know everything you need to he's a scum he's got a little john waters pencil mustache he's got a an alien lady on each hand and he asks him to blow on the dice for luck 
Yeah, it's real awesome. It's and real then you'll great. never see him again. Yep. And then just before Rose and Finn can get to the Codebreaker, they are picked up by the cops and thrown in the space pokey. Space yeah. pokey. Uh, uh, before that, uh, Finn and Rose have a little conversation where Finn is like, this place is fucking great. Uh, and Rose is like, yeah, it seems great. But like, if you look a little bit closer, you'll see that this is wealth built on abuse and exploitation of natural resources and people. Uh, and she tells the story about how these are all war profiteers and that's how they're so insanely wealthy because they're essentially just betting on the war economy and wars keep happening and they keep supplying weapons and getting rich. Right. And uh, it's at this point in their cell that lamenting the fact that they weren't able to get the code breaker, uh, they're met by Benicio Del Toro. In and his Benicio Del Torist. Yeah. Yes, that's right. He hasn't been this Benicio Del Toroist. Probably since, since Sin usual, City. I was going to say, since, yeah, Sin City or, or Usual, usual Suspects. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he is just, oh, he is pouring A1 all over the set. <laughs> and just like, chomp, 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 chomp. He's going Pac-Man all over it. It's He's amazing. He's tearing it up, man. I enjoyed the shit out He's of this performance. He plays uh, DJ. Uh, which stands for Don't Join. Yes. Which is kind of his life philosophy. Yeah. And uh, basically he tells them that he's a code breaker. He can help them escape. They're like, no, you're a skeezy homeless guy. Please don't. And he's like, what, just because I have my shoes on my shoulder means you don't trust me? Fine. Guys, was- joke's on you. I know where shoes are supposed to go, but I ain't going to play that game that the man what wants me to play. I put shoes wherever. And then he literally just walks out of the jail cell with yeah, no just, effort. Yeah, like, pops a card into the key slot and it opens and he's like casually leaving. So Finn and Rose are just like... What you didn't see was that earlier that night he crouched to activate his stealth skill so he could level that up. And then he kept cracking the lock and then backing out of the menu and then cracking the lock and backing out of the menu so that he could rack up those experience points. Yeah, no, points. definitely. That's important. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So anyways... These are all Elder Scrolls jokes, buddy. Yeah. And which, it's which important one? to level up. Yeah. Which one? Any All of them. But which one? The level grind is real, Mark. Yeah. In all of them. Yes. Oh, no. Correct. <laughs> also in life. Oh, no. In fact, it's somehow worse in life. It's true. Because in life, I don't get to go to a fucking underground arena. Yeah, and I don't get life achievements. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what your house is, dude? I have an apartment. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you really don't have life achievements. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. It's brutal. So, uh, anyways. I don't uh, get later bonuses? Yeah, walking away from the crushing existential dread of a life in an no, uncaring un- universe. Unfortunately, Patrick, as you get older, you get, like, demerits yeah. to your skills. Debuffs. All of your skills. That's not okay. Debuffed. Yeah, that's sorry, not, man. I'm deteriorating well, as we speak. Unfortunately, as a human, that's your, uh, you know, your racial minus right there (laughs) agent die yeah Yeah. sorry buddy (laughs) boy where's that mod for Skyrim yeah right (laughs) so uh Rose and Finn shoot off one way to escape uh and DJ and uh BB-8 somehow well because BB-8 has been uh infiltrating the prison on his own rescue mission to try to get Finn and Rose out just shooting coins like fucking projectile weapons at all the dumb guards murdering a bunch of police officers he ties them up 
boy. He ties a couple of them up, but then when his... One of them takes a face full of gold coins shot at high speed to the face. Yeah. That guy's dead. Yeah, once once his dead. stealth is blown, he is in full murder mode. Yeah, he's coin murdering. He's cracking skull bones with gold coins. It's nuts. <laughs> That's like going to Chuck E. Cheese and then just putting like all your tokens in a sock. And hitting Chuck E. Cheese in the face with it. Yeah, well, what the hell else was I going to do? My parents were ignoring me. It was the one time they have some peace in their lives. <laughs> and it's in a shitty third-rate pizzeria with animatronic mice blaring off-tune music. Third-rate is one, generous. <laughs> the one thing I will always give uh, Chuck E. Cheese credit for, and it's something I never got to experience as an adult, because going to a Chuck E. Cheese on your own as an adult is... Is gross. Yeah, that's, that's a, why they invented Damon Busters. Also, right. pretty sure it's a felony. Yeah, sure. Uh, but that they did have beer and wine for the adults. Right. Nice. Like they knew yeah. that adults didn't want to be there, so they had to entice them, and yeah. they did that. Well, although with cheap Chardonnay and Miller Lite. Yeah. To be fair, this is like the same the era. Alley special, they call it. Yeah. Like, I remember going to Pizza Hut with my parents and them getting a pitcher of beer. Right. Like, yeah. This was when alcohol was just freely available to anyone with a kid. Yeah. Yes, correct. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, Rose uh, and Finn eventually uh, meet up with DJ after a long... There's a whole big thing where they, like, meet some dumb, like, slave kids and they set free their murder horses who... The, the movie takes, like, a quick five-minute detour to become a chocobo race from Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. except uh, a chocobo race that is, like, mixed with crash mode from fucking uh, Burnout Paradise. Yeah. yeah. Where you get bonus points for every fucking thing you smash right. up. It's horse raptors tearing apart a casino. It's yeah. great. What's not to like? Why didn't people like this movie? I have no idea. This is great. Yeah, I'm having a great really time. Yeah. So they finally escape. They get with DJ, and DJ uh, shoots them off, and they're going to go find... Uh, yeah. DJ has stolen a ship of his own. Uh, they uh, all... DJ with the help of BB-8. Right. Yeah. BB-8 is complicit in these felonies. Right. They've uh, stolen a ship, and they're all making it out. They're yes. Out they uh, shoot off. They're going to go to the main uh, first order ship yeah. to go shut down the thing. Now... This takes us over to uh, Octo. Octo. Toe. Bl- bless you. And, yeah. Oh, okay. Gesundheit. <laughs> and we finally are now back to the end of the Force Awakens. Ray has landed on the planet of Octo. She's climbed the stone steps. Mark. Bless you. Mm-hmm. 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 Patrick, you take over. She calls the stone steps, and she's all like, Luke! And he's all like, who the fuck are you? And she's all like, here's your lightsaber. And he's all like, this piece of garbage! And he throws it over his shoulder like he doesn't give a fuck, and then he goes back into his rock hut, because he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. It's so great! Yeah. I, I never knew how badly I needed wise, grumpy Mark Hamill in my life, but oh boy, yeah. do yes. I love wise, grumpy Mark oh, Hamill. Oh, so great. So then he just goes about his life. Camping and fishing and sewing pants and And stuff. And there's fucking Ray is starting to kind of put a lot of these pieces together. She goes back to retrieve the lightsaber from the face of the cliff uh, and notices that Luke's X-wing has been submerged into the uh, into the fucking ocean. Like it is clear that he does not plan to ever come back from this place. No. Uh, yeah, Luke Skywalker ha- lives on this planet pretty much alone, aside from 
uh, a bunch of porgs, uh, yeah, which porgs are cute are little, little like, puffin birds that yeah. scream at people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also weird fish nuns yeah. that just hang out and they're very upset about all the repairs they have to do. I mean, wouldn't you? They yeah. keep up the Jedi Temple with the books and the tree. And weird like manatee, like seahorse monsters mm-hmm. that like Yeah, this is, this is where that gif you've seen on the internet comes from of Mark Hamill drinking weird, gross nipple milk. Yes. He does. It um, looks gross. And he gives her a fucking look like, yeah, this is how we do it here. Yeah, he does. He's proud. Well, I mean, like, look, the the, the, the udders of these animals are, like, red and engorged and inflamed. Yeah, they need to be milked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then he milks them and they're like, the fuck, bro? <laughs> and he's just like, you are stupid. I'm helping you out now. You'll yeah. thank um, me later, you dum-dums. Right. Uh, he fucking stabs a fish from like 400 feet in the yeah, air with a giant stick. He spear yeah. fishes with a 100 yard spear. Yeah, it turns into fucking hatchet for a good yeah. 20 yeah. minutes yeah. of just like <laughs> the <laughs> day in the life of his weird survivalist thing. This is this part where he fights a moose. Yeah, he, he lugs his fucking sushi grade tuna over his shoulder <laughs> back into his hut and then just tells Ray to fuck off and he goes to bed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ray, meanwhile, starts kind of exploring the island at her own pace, uh, feeling very dejected because, again, an entire previous movie was building up to the moment where Luke Skywalker would come back into the story. And much like in the beginning of New Hope, he is rejecting his call to action immediately. Yeah. Right. Because it's garbage. Yeah. And he continues to do so for the next hour. So she finds this weird fucking tree fort and goes up inside and is like, these are books on like little tiny pieces of wood. What the fuck? And we find out from Luke. uh, These are the Jedi books. Yes, the original Jedi texts. From, you know, thousands of years Fucking ago. Because it turns out first edition. Yeah, it turns out that They're this, all signed. Yeah. All the important <laughs> people. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So, to Yoda, stay forcey. Yeah. Your pal, the Jedi. The okay. next, like, in the middle somewhere is just like, I signed your crack, Kit Fisto. <laughs> <laughs> All gilded pages and whatnot. Yeah, um, but it is revealed at this point that this is, in fact, the site of the very first Jedi Temple. Right. Uh, This is essentially the origin point of worshipping the Force in the methods of the Jedi. And after a little bit of, like, back and forth Z's, Luke eventually kind of, sort of agrees to train Rey in the way... Well, there's some things that... Because, again, uh, he says, you know, look, of all the people to send, why did they send you? And she keeps saying, you know, oh, the Resistance needs you, the First Order is rising, Kylo Ren is Ben Solo, and we need your help to defeat him because only you can... I'm super force sensitive, but like I don't know what to do about that. Yeah, it's a like weird puberty metaphor, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and again, Luke says, "Look, I only know one truth, and that is that it's time for the Jedi to end. Uh, I came here so that I could die. I am the last Jedi. The training will die with me, and the galaxy will not have to be burdened by the failures of the Jedi." Uh, so uh, Ray's feeling a little down in the dumps about it. Uh, Luke stomps off to go change his robes for the third time in 20 minutes. 
Uh, and, robe changes. And then Ray, that's right, has like Chewie, a vision. No, Chewie bursts through the fucking hut and is just like, what the fuck are you doing, you dum-dum? I'm your big dog. <laughs> and he's like, Chewie. And I, I love the performance in Mark Hamill, specifically in this moment, because he's he exclaims, Chewie. With an excitement, a recognition, and like a resentment as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, and this is where he asks, wait, where's Han? And presumably they tell him that Han Solo has been killed. So he seeks out the Millennium Falcon in its landing spot and goes into the cockpit and finds the golden dice that have been there as like a little Easter egg for fans. Uh, those are the Sabak dice that uh, Han used to swindle Lando out of ownership of the Millennium right. Falcon. Which then, we'll see more of if Solo, a Star Wars movie, comes out when it's supposed to. Boy, May. of then, all the movies, I am not... I fucking love Star Wars, you guys. I love Star Wars. I have I had no, idea. no interest in this Han Solo movie. <laughs> Star Wars, as an entity, keeps thinking that I love Han Solo way more than I do. Like, the entire plot of Force Awakens hinges on you thinking that Han Solo is the coolest fucking character in the world. Uh, I mean, there was that time he stole the Ark of the Covenant from the Nazis. Right, sure. and that other time that he stole a bunch of glowing stones from a bunch of assholes in a cave and almost had his heart ripped out. And that time he found the Holy Grail. Uh, and that time he found an alien skull and then he learned that their treasure was knowledge. And that time that he beat the living shit out of Sean Bean in a speedboat fight? Wait a minute. And that time that he threw Gary Oldman (laughs) off the president's plane? But didn't he kill his wife? No, that was the one-armed man. Jeez. However, I don't care. However, he did sleep with one of his students and then murder her, and then Michelle Pfeiffer was very upset when she found out. Ooh, soups. And nobody gets upset like Pfeiffer. (laughs) She gets... Fifersty, thank you <laughs> and good night. Well, Fifersty for blood. Forget it, guys. Pack it up. We're done. <laughs> All right. This is the peak. <laughs> yep. All right. So uh, Luke goes onto the Millennium Falcon, takes the dice, and he's just kind of like grumbling there when who should awaken for the first time in like a couple days but R two D two. Yeah. Who turns over to Luke and he's just like beep boop beep and, and Luke's then- like shut up and it goes beep boop beep. <laughs> What? And then he shows a little thing of Leia going, you're my only hope. And he's like, ah, that's a cheap movie, you little prick. Yeah. All right, fine. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, grumpy old Luke Skywalker goes to sleepy old Ray having a little old sleepy time. She sleeps a lot in this movie. Not quite as much as uh, uh, Jaden Smith in After Earth, <laughs> but almost. <laughs> what I love about that is that the, the sleeping in After Earth was clearly put in as a device for the audience for when they left to go to the bathroom and come back. <laughs> the yeah. movie is instantly able to catch them up with re-exposition. Because mm-hmm. Jaden Smith wakes up and just, oh no, where am I? Don't you remember, son? We're after Earth. You gotta stay out of the cold zones. It's me, your father, Cypher Rage. We gotta get after Earth. Uh, he, he does the most insane... Will Smith does the most insane accent in that movie. Uh, and, like, I've heard him try to explain it. And, like, he explains it away as, like, all the population of Earth at some point just became one pop. There were no countries anymore. They all just lived on one planet or ship. 
uh, and they all just mingled together and slept with each other. So there was no multiple accents. There was just one like galactic accent. But then his fucking kid never does it. So he just looks like a lunatic. Yeah. No, Will Smith (laughs) is the only person with this accent. And it's half... It's half Chadwick Boseman in Black Panther <laughs> and half Eni Kamos in Here Come the Hot Stepper. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, but yeah, that movie is absolutely insane. <laughs> like, there's a part of the movie where Jaden Smith is just like running around and a giant bird is just like, you know what? I'm your mom now. <laughs> and saves him from freezing to death. Nice. Jesus, it is amazing. It feels like Will Smith really wanted Jaden to take the lead to sort of launch his own career at this point so he just drowned all of his charisma in a carton of cigarettes and a fifth of gin (laughs) (laughs) oh uh, and the funk of M. Night Shyamalan yeah Yeah. post Avatar The Last Airbender but pre-Split yes where it could go either way yeah Split was not a good movie but James McAvoy's fucking great in it sure he gives a really good performance he's fantastic Um, he's also really good in Atomic Blonde um, I just watched the other night. Not a great movie, but James McAvoy is really fun. Guys, we are definitely going to cover that for the podcast at some point, so let's not tip our hands too much. I think we are. And we'll get there. Shirley Theron's sure. pretty fucking cool. Right. Yeah, she's. I mean, she gives a really good performance. It's just like 40 minutes too long. That's all. It's yeah. really long. Anyways, moving anyway, on. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So Luke agrees Speaking to train... Speaking of 40 minutes too long. Yeah. 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 So uh, Luke agrees to train Ray. He's going to give her three lessons in the ways of the Force. The first lesson is he takes her out onto a fucking ledge. Well, his his whole thing is he's gonna tell he's gonna teach three lessons in the Force that will that will her. explain why the Jedi should no longer exist. Right. The first lesson is he takes her out onto a ledge and asks her to close her eyes and reach out. She actually reaches out with her hand, and Luke, in a Boy. amazing bit of Yoda in Empire Strikes Back goof em ups. But, like, by way like, of Jean Paul Sartre. Yeah. yeah. There's, like, a dark bitterness to these jokes. It's yeah. so good. Just, like, hits her in the hand with, like, a reed. It's just like, do you feel that? Do you hear that? That's the force. And she's like, is it? And then just fucking bam! No, idiot! Yeah, he turns into kind of like a Pai Mei character at this point. Yeah. yeah, He's just missing the dope mustache to like throw over his shoulder. Oh, God, we got to do Kill Bill at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh. Um, so uh, basically the first lesson is to just reach out with the Force, and uh, Ray does, and she's able to see light and darkness and earth and water and, and love connection and Connection to every right. living thing Well, that's thing the first the lesson planet. is that the yeah. Jedi do not own the Force. The Force is just there. Right. Correct. Yes. Uh, and the system of the Jedi is just but another way to worship the Force. Correct. Uh, but she notices something weird, which is, I saw everything. I saw the grass, I saw the porgs, I saw the sky and the clouds. But, Master Luke, I didn't see you. And that is because Luke Skywalker, as part of his kind of uh, separation from the galaxy by way of hiding himself, has cut himself off from the Force. Right. Right. Which means that he did that crazy spear fishing thing, just regular. Pure Hamill. Right. 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 <laughs> you know, he did that in one take. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Good shit. And that's a real live 200 pound tuna he snatched right out of the That's ground. right. That's a yellowfin, man. Yeah. You can't fuck with that shit. Dragon Ryan didn't even want to do it, but Mark was like, I don't move forward on this project if I'm not allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. He was hungry, man. It was lunch. Right. Give me a break. 
Uh, so now, uh, yeah, he just fucking did that on off hours. Right. And Ryan was just like, "Oh, we got to put that in the movie." Yeah. Oh, so, but to be honest, I don't know what Ryan Johnson sounds like. But I like the choice you've made. Yeah, I like that you decided he was a Dickensian chimney sweep. Right. Yeah, right. I'm uh, Dick Van Dyke. If he got eaten by Jabba the Hutt, he works for the Daily Mail. <laughs> I gotta get that story done by noon, Lois. <laughs> oh, we're in Metropolis now. Oh no. <laughs> Wow. Oh, that's what I imagine. I gotta drive home to my giant mansion in Gotham City. Oh, I guess we're doing a Batman. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, at this point, Ray begins having visions. It's not even visions, like very vivid force connections with Kylo Ren across yeah. the galaxy. Again, it is a very amped up uh, version of a force power that we had seen in Empire right. Strikes Back where people are able to communicate with each other across the galaxy but these are much more vivid and almost tangible right they're actually almost, speaking yeah. with each other yeah, yeah they can't they can see each other's faces but not their surroundings yeah, they right. just like can see each other and kylo ren is very confused because he knows you know well i'm not doing it and you can't be doing it because the strain alone would kill you you're so not that strong in the force how's it happening so what's going on right but he asks her to, he's like, did Luke tell you what happened? And she's like, meh, 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 meh. Yeah, she does the, the solid, he told me enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because uh, Luke did kind of tell her what happened, which in Luke's first attempt, it was, hey, you know, like, I went in there just to check on him. And then, like. Well, he had felt the darkness rising right. within him because he had, uh, he explains that after the end of Return of the Jedi, he wanted to create a new Jedi temple. And this so is all that he part could train, of the. And this is all part of the second lesson of the Force. Right. Mm -hmm. So that he could train Star Trek the next generation of Jedi. Correct. Yeah. Uh, with a Patrick Stewart instead of your crusty old William Shatner. Yeah. And a Geordie LaForge instead of your Sulu. And a I fucking... sexy bearded Riker. God, when Riker grows that beard... Oh, it's off the chain, man. So good. Yeah. If I tune in to TBS and I see a TNG episode with a smooth baby-faced Riker, change the channel immediately. It's <laughs> right, not it, worth your time. It's going to be bad, especially because later on you're going to get one of those weird ensigns that walk around like a dude with like a weird like short miniskirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that happens. Uh, all the uniforms have that bizarre piping on all yeah. of the like, black parts. It's fucked up. So anyways, uh, Luke basically uh, explains to Rey that... The Jedi's hubris is the reason that they're no more, and, you know, they they didn't use the Force correctly, and this is why they failed. Right, they were at the height of arrogance, so that when they were at the peak of their power, they still were unable to prevent a Sith Lord from ascending to both political power and wiping them out. Right. And this is all part of Luke Skywalker telling Rey that... The legend of Luke Skywalker is exactly that, just a legend. And right. legends don't mean anything because he's still allowed, uh, he still trained these new Jedis, and it still ended up in yeah. Ben Solo becoming Kylo Ren, killing half of the Jedi recruits, and then stealing the rest of them into his gang, the Knights, Knights of, of Ren. Ren. Which, I, which name do you think he came up with first? All right, guys, we're going to be the Knights of Ren. I call Kylo. Uh, you can be Billy. You could be a zip dog. You could be Spearman. You could be the K-Meister. And then you can be Ann Stimpy. Right. Yeah. Or did he start with like, guys, I know my fucking cool badass name. Kylo Ren. Oh, dude, that's pretty fucking good. Come 
Could we be the Knights of Ren? <laughs> I fucking insist on it, bro. <laughs> I fucking love you, bro. I fucking love you too, bro. We're gonna stay in touch after graduation. Yeah. And then they played like the worst Van Halen cover. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like the second one. I like the second one. That's yeah, the one yeah, I'm right. seeing in my right. mind. Yeah. Okay. And then they so just they did, like they broke into some... jump. Yeah. Yeah, but like with like Figure and Dan like jizz instruments. Yeah. Right, right. Because that's jizz. the music. Yeah, the music they are called. jizz whalers. Correct. Yeah. yeah, that is canonical. That is a real term. Uh, and it's certainly not just a fun way to say semen. It's there is. Definitely jizz. There's it's a jizz. great Star Wars comic that I have to track down. That which can't is, be true. It's not, but it's got a great story. The There was the writer and the editor were having a feud because the editor kept putting Master in front of all of the Jedi names, regardless of whether or not he actually wrote that into the script. So he finally got so pissed off that he created two new characters, Bader and Bastion. <laughs> and I think the audience can fill in the rest from nice. there. Master Bader. He fixed the cable? <laughs> Masturbation. Uh, so anyways uh, I like it that's lesson number two uh, masturbate uh, this is when and then like Kylo Ren gets in touch with Ray again and he's like uh, is that what he told you nah 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 here's what actually happened I woke up he was standing over me with a fucking lightsaber ready to kill me so I fucking with just the evilest biggest grin right so yeah. I collapsed everything on top of him I killed half the students took the other halves with me Knights of Ren jump might as well jump jump bam 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 so then uh, go ahead jump <laughs> uh, Ben Ren became a successful senator <laughs> Uh, uh, that, at this point, Ray uh, confronts Luke and is like, "Hey, you know, you didn't fucking tell me this, and you know, did you try and kill him? Is this what happened?" And he was like, oh, "All right, here's what actually happened." I went in there to kill. Him. <laughs> I went in there to but kill. Then I couldn't do. It. I saw the dark. Then he woke then up. Then I opened my lightsaber. And then I was like, "Oh no, that's my <laughs> nephew. I feel so shitty." <laughs> but before I could close it up. He was looking at me, and I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> and, and then he, and then all that other stuff. And happens. then all that other stuff. Pretty yeah. much, pretty much, same story at that point. Yeah, yeah, they they make eye contact. Luke says, "I've made a huge mistake." <laughs> yeah. And then Kyla goes, bum, 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 bum. Yep. "Yep, that's right. I saw it with a curb your enthusiasm now. Oh no, Larry David, don't break that social moray. You'll be ostracized from polite society." So at this point, Ray, very upset with Luke, uh, kind of uh, weirdly, in, not doesn't embrace the darkness, but she has her sort of moment that Luke had on Dagobah with Yoda. Yeah, we'd actually skipped this. This had happened previously. Yeah, whatever. There was like a dark she well. She goes down into the dark side's kiddie pool. Yeah. And it, it turns into it turns into Interstellar a, for a minute. Yeah, it yeah. becomes a Grant Morrison comic for a good ten minutes. Oh, right, because she looks in all the mirrors. Yeah, and there's like hundreds of her, and like, yeah. well, because she's uh, she's down there to find the knowledge that she knows she can't get anywhere else in the universe, which is, where am I from? Who, Who are my parents? Who are her parents? Right. Uh, and the basically the weird mirror shows her like it's all just a recursive circle. Right. It doesn't yeah. matter. That'll uh, become important later. Yes. Astute viewers. Really? So then uh, Ray goes back. She confronts Luke, and Luke is like. And then Ray's like, and then she takes the Millennium Falcon back and flies off into space. Mark, are you sure you like this movie? I love this movie, but we're an hour five in and I'm trying to get it under two hours, John. We don't need to cover every bit of dialogue. 
So she flies away off into space in the Millennium Falcon with Chewie and BB-8 and I assume R2. And she's going to uh, go now to... Um, I dropped my beer. Yeah. Uh, she's got like a quantum tracker that will lead her back to the resistance. So she's going back she's to the resistance. Back. Right. Well, she's actually going to... Uh, well, the ship's going to the resistance. She is not. She gets into a little uh, tube and shoots off. A little escape off. pod. Yeah, and yeah. shoots off to Kylo Ren's capital ship. Right. Yeah, because she's she going had, directly to Kylo Ren. She right. had a force vision of Kylo Ren rejecting the dark side and joining her on the light side. Mm-hmm. And helping her complete her training. Right. So she Which is why Luke went, eh, and then sure. she went, yeah. right. And at this uh, point, an hour in, you say, and we can't waste any time. And all at right. this point, Luke. And I, how, how did I know you weren't going to just all of a sudden go, <laughs> oh no, now it's Wheel of Fortune. God damn it. Oh, me your vowel, I will. Oh, will. God, Ray Johnson, I'm such a huge fan. All of your Daily Mail and Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins <laughs> characters must exit. Both counts, gentlemen. At this point... (laughs) Good boy. At this point, Luke gets one of them fancy Elon Musk flamethrowers and decides to go take it to the Jedi Temple. Yeah, he is going to destroy the Jedi Temple, burn down the ancient Jedi text. Burn them books. Ending the Jedi line once and for all because he has once again failed one of his students. Yeah. Uh, When he gets up to do the act, what happens? But we get a... Force Ghost! Force Ghost Puppet Yoda! Force ghost, coast to coast. Force ghost. Uh, yeah, it's Force Ghost Puppet Yoda, and he makes the point of, so did you, you know, uh, what, 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 what you, what you doing there, Marky buddy? Gonna burn down some trees? Gonna burn down some books in them trees? Why you he's like, that? yeah, that's right. This is the end of the Jedi, Yoda. There's nothing you can do about it. Do you even read those books? Nah, readings for nerds. And then Yoda's like, you're right. Zap lightning and then sets all of it on fire. <laughs> yeah. And then laughs in his face. Hysterically. Because Yoda has kind of teaches Luke the lesson that he needs at this point, which is the tragedy of a master is to outlive their usefulness. You want your students to surpass you. We can't keep, you know, you're right. We cannot keep them bound to the past. We need to let them make their own mistakes and we need to teach them the mistakes that we made so that they don't repeat them. Sure, and on top of that, it's also the the knowledge that failure is one of the great lessons and one of the best teachers you can have. Yeah, Luke is sitting here obsessing about how like the Jedi failed and like this is why there can't be any more Jedi. But then the the key is to to learn your lessons from their failure and do better, right. not just sit around and drink green milk out of some fucking weird <laughs> manatee titty. Yeah, manatee titty. No. There we go. That was a long walk, but it was worth it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, I think we can pretty comfortably cut to uh, the deck of the Radis for Crow yeah, Dameron's Where the, mostly they've been slightly outside of effective gun range and just getting pounded by yeah. shots. It is essentially that episode of Battlestar Galactica where they keep jumping every 25 minutes. Right. They're Except just they, not, have, they don't have enough fuel for another light speed jump. Well, they so have enough fuel going, to jump, yeah. but they're being tracked and then they'll be out of fuel and they'll right. just be destroyed. Just be so, destroyed. so they're just going like, on impulse power at this right. point, which is 
fast enough to stay out of the range of, like, the giant slow capital ships right. that the First Order is using to chase them down. However, some of their smaller ships are running out of fuel, and everybody is now on the Radis, basically. Right, yeah. which all is the smaller support ships have correct. crashed out. Radis, yeah. of course, named after the other Mon Calamari uh, from Rogue One, yeah. um, who's, like, the, like, gray version he of the Winston Akbar. Churchill. Yeah, with yeah. the fucking testicle chin. Yep. Um, meanwhile, when the explosion happened back where Leia was shot out into space, she we totally skipped over the fact. We did. That I, she I thought up, we would yeah, just yeah. fold it into yeah, this yeah, yeah. point. And she yeah. comes back. She like force pulls herself back, and they let her back. She in. Mary Poppins back into yeah. the secure. And this is it's worth noting that this is another one of those divisive moments for some fans. There are people who do not like this whatsoever, and there are people like me <clears throat> who think it's fucking rad. Yeah. Why wouldn't now, she be able to force pull herself? Well, I think the idea is like the way it was shot that she like reaches out and like fucking like supermans in and I don't care like, she's doing like the fucking Heisman pose for yeah. god's sake and it's badass it's dude. fucking badass you gotta stiff arm the space debris yeah, yeah classic. classic you can't juke and spin all of it and on right? top of that like she didn't choose the way she was moving through that's all instinct man it's not her fault what the body does yeah. when she's unconscious yeah it's pretty spectacular that the manifestation of her force powers is able to keep her alive in the vacuum of space long enough to get her to safety guys I feel like some of the fan base of this franchise is kind of Dumb. Whoa, wait a minute. Patrick, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Yeah? There's a portion of just fan bases in general that are real fucking dumb. Oh, no, 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 no. no. To extrapolate no. that would mean that a percentage of the population is just, just off the top of my head, let's say 34% of the American voting public mm -hmm. is dumb? Correct. Dumb? And Absolutely it, true. But a cursory look at our current political standings. Oh, I see. I gotcha. Yeah, right. Okay. Just no. just look at R the Donald on yeah. Reddit. That's yeah. all you need to know. It's always been a good one. Has uh, anyone done uh, R am not the Donald at Reddit.com? No, but there is a R the Muller, which is pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> There's also one that's R the Dennis, which is all about. Dennis Reynolds, Reynolds, the golden god. <laughs> the pretty fantastic. golden god, peeking all over our faces. That's right. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, the rat... Yeah, so she's back in and she gets one of them fancy, like, she's not in a... She's like in a Michael Jackson hyperbaric yeah, chamber. Yeah, she's in a hyperbaric chamber. Yeah. Exactly, because she didn't get any outward physical Wounds, damage like, to like her. Exactly. She right. was it's essentially the Tupperware. Yeah, she was essentially like space hypothermia. Yeah, they needed yeah. to get like her core temperature. Back. So it's at this point that uh, control of the remaining resistance is brought to Admiral Holdo. Uh, played by Laura Dern, who you might know from so many fucking awesome things. Jesus, uh, starting with Jurassic Park and going from there. Dude, starting with Blue Velvet and <laughs> yeah. going from there. A lot of things. Which, by the way, when she was in Blue Velvet, she was like 19 years old. That's yeah. crazy talk. Yeah. She was like 23 in Jurassic Park. That's yeah. insanity. Yeah, she is tremendous. Laura Dern has always looked like she's 33 years old. She right. really and she's just caught up that with old that. Right yes. now. Like in this movie, she doesn't really look that old. Yeah, she's always exactly. looked just like, she's always had a very like mature look to her. Yeah. Laura Dern's awesome. She's yeah. a fantastic actress. She's terrific. The first time I saw this movie, and I walked out of it, and I was like, eh, I didn't think Laura Dern was all that great in this movie. But then the second time I saw this movie, and I was like, 
Laura Dern, you're the tops. Kind of <laughs> definitely seeing it a second time and knowing where it's going actually makes it flow a lot better. Like the pacing is so much better the second time around. Right, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Laura Dern's plan is to basically just you know steady as she goes, stay the course. We're just we just need to keep on a going. Well, uh, Poe Dameron does not like that. No. What hotshot Poe Dameron? What does he do about it? He, he stages a full-on fucking mutiny. Yeah, because yeah. he keeps asking, "What's the plan?" And she keeps saying, "We're doing the plan. Don't worry about it. You're a captain. There's a chain of command. I'm. I don't have to tell you anything." And this is another sticking point that people are upset about. Why didn't she just tell him the plan? And here's the answer. She doesn't fucking have to. Right. She's the admiral. He's a he's, captain. It doesn't matter what if he's a captain, a commander, a fucking anything. <laughs> he's below her. Yeah. He should shut the fuck up and follow fucking orders. And definitely what occurred to me the second time is they have that first conversation where, you know, she says, look, like Leia says, if you only hope is like the sun, if you only believe in it when you can see it, you'll never make it through the night. Trust that I have a plan. We're doing it. It's fine. Just go to your post. Uh, and that is the only time they ever actually have a conversation. Every other time he is interacting with Holo, he does not allow her to speak. Yes. She cannot, if she wanted to, tell him what the plan is because he is screaming and running around and mutinying like yeah, a big yeah. dumb idiot. Like, oh, oh, yeah? Well, if you're not going to tell what the plan is, guess what? I just sent Finn and Rose to go find a Master Cobra and break into the other ships so they can't track us in hyperspace anymore. What's you going to do about that? Well, I was thinking, no, shut up. Just shut up. He's not going to do a mutiny right now. I'm going to shoot all your fucking friends. Yeah. That's how it's going on right now. So he mutinies and locks himself in the bridge with uh, the second scene of C-3PO. This movie has the least amount of C-3PO in it and is all the better for yes, it. Yes, thank you. Uh, sorry, Anthony Daniels, you did a fantastic performance, but boy, New Hope was enough. Yeah. Yeah, well, and not only that, I'm sorry, but like, Anthony Daniels, at some point in between, I'm gonna say Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, forgot how to be C-3PO. <laughs> His, yeah. I, like, he's forgotten the fucking voice. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have the voice anymore. He just doesn't sound right. Yeah. And he's also, from what I understand, kind of a prick. Oh, Kenny Baker hated him. Right. And why Why would it, I mean, Kenny Baker? He's just a cool dude. Why right. Would he's a fucking like awesome little British stand-up comedian. Yeah, and he had to sit in a fucking trash can for 12 hours a day in the Tunisian desert. <laughs> you didn't hear him complaining. So, uh, Kenny, we're done with uh, Tunisia, so, you know, you can get out of there. We're gonna go to Pinewood. Uh, yeah, no problem. I'm just gonna come with you. Oh, uh, hang on one second. We gotta go to Death Valley to shoot out some uh, pickups. Uh, yeah, I'll be there, too. I don't mind. Oh, just yeah. put me in the trash can. Cool. Uh, you're a real team player, Kenny Baker, and, uh, you know, that's me, George Lucas, saying that to you. Famous movie star Kenny Baker. And that's me, Kenny Baker, talking to you, oh, George Lucas. Hello, it's me, uh, insufferable prick Anthony Daniels. Uh, oh, God. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, George, can you please tell the props to stop speaking to me? I'm a very important mime actor. Pretty sure we put some sort of regulation on your shitty British accents here, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I quit and walked away to get a new beer, Patrick. Uh, and now I'm back. Yeah. With more British accents. You know, uh, bits aren't really ever finished, they're abandoned. <laughs> So he's on the bridge, and uh, you know he's barricaded himself in, and he realizes he's sort of like, realizing what the plan like is. And it's like him, uh, Billy Lord's character, yeah. um, and like one other goon. They're the like these three people have taken the entire yeah. resistance. Yeah. 
So they are basically they are they've locked themselves in the bridge and they're going to wait for um, Finn to contact them to let them know the shield is down to do their last jump. So cut to this is where all the threads are finally coalescing. So we cut back to uh, DJ and the gang. Yeah, Finn, yeah. DJ, and Rose are now on. Uh, they're on the ship. They're on Snoke's ship. Yeah. Uh, and sneaking around, sneaking around, doing like classic Death Star one stuff. Yeah, yeah knocking guys out and stealing their clothes. Yep. Yeah, but they don't know. knock anyone out. They uh, rightly because Finn used to be a stormtrooper and actually like specifically mopped the floors of this particular ship. Knows where everything is, so he's like, guys, I'm just gonna. I know where the clothes are. We don't need to like Metal Gear Solid this. Yeah, We're they let, they straight up steal them from a laundry room. Yeah. yeah, in one of my favorite sort of like cuts of the movie, like the movie cuts and you see like this steaming hot like thing, and you're like, oh shit, this is gonna be like where they fucking tortured that droid at the end yeah. of fucking Return of the Jedi. Take that gong, ha ha! And then it pans out. I was just it. trying to spread the good word. No. And instead, it's just a laundry machine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so they are disguised up, and they are making their way through the systems to get to the door behind which is the tracking device that they are able to that they plan on shut down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is also the point where uh, Ray has arrived on that very same ship, allows herself to be taken prisoner by the First Order in an attempt to save Kylo Ren, much like Luke tried to do in Return of the Jedi. Exactly. Yeah. What I love about this is that structurally it is very Empire Strikes Back, but it has all of the content of Return of the Jedi. In yeah, it. it's kind mm. of the best of both worlds. Yeah. Uh, so they, uh, Kylo Ren is taking Rey to uh, Supreme Leader Snoke so that they can do the Vader Emperor Luke turn. Uh, they're sharing a very awkward elevator ride where basically uh, Rey says, look, I know that you're not going to betray me. You're going to come to the light side. The Force showed me. To which he says, huh, weird. Force showed me something a little different. It showed you joining me on the dark side. Oh, by the way, it also let me know who your parents are. That'll come up later. Yeah. Then they get to see Snoke at his throne room. Snoke's throne room, it's worth mentioning, is probably, at least for me, uh, one of the best sets that we've ever had in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. It's just this weird platform in the middle of a giant red goo ball somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's like they odd. showed him the Emperor's throne room from the Death Star in Return of the Jedi, and Snoke just said, More Crayola. Yeah. yeah. He pulls like a Tony Stark in Iron Man, and he's just like, Seems a little one, no, let's get a little hot rod red in there. And then Jarvis was just like, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. Uh, That's my sweet Paul oh, Bettany no. impression. We're inside an Iron Man now. Look out, Tony Stark. No. It's the Mandarin. God damn it. Uh, guys, I just want you to know that British accent bit 2.0, the director's cut, <laughs> special edition, so great. You know, I was able to really go in and, uh, you know, really clean up the prints and really finish it the way I, I had always intended. I, for years, I wanted to do a like video of uh, just call. It, I just wanted to call it Civil War Special Edition, and it was like Ken Burns' Civil War documentary that George Lucas had done a recut of, <laughs> and just like changed all like the Union soldiers to like battle droids, and was like put Ewoks in fucking places somewhere. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln killed by Boba Fett, like shit like that. That to me is the most hilarious thing. <laughs> nice. Um, well then, sir, I would like to introduce you to a thing called the Internet, where that's already happened numerous times. Uh, yeah. Well, great. 
Perfect. I'm too lazy to look at stuff yeah, like that. Fair enough. I can't shit into Google. Uh, so Snoke is pulling that classic Emperor move where he's just like, look at your fleet. It's all getting blown up. You've lost all hope. You gotta join me or die. And that other classic Emperor move of stealing her lightsaber and then throwing her around with the force. Yeah. Because basically, a third emperor move of casually insulting the shit out of his like second in command. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he can't stand Kylo Ren. Like he fucking hates Kylo Ren. Yeah. Like he makes him be basically early in the movie. He like he's like get that fucking mask off your face, and Kylo Ren is just like, yeah. Oh, you. Yeah. and then like has one of his his signature Kylo Ren temper tantrums in an elevator and smashes the shit out of his helmet. Yeah. By mm. punching it into a wall a bunch of times. It's awesome. Yeah. What I love is, essentially, if the Empire are the Nazis in World War II, the First Order is 100% the current alt-right. Yes. Where they are literally just, like, dressing up in the trappings of shitty Nazism, but really, they're all just, like, fucking sniveling little loser shitbags. Yeah. <laughs> so it is really, you know, again, like, uh, as much as The Force Awakens was... Let's take the, you know, container of Star Wars and fill a new story into it. This is all like, that container's fucking dumb. Why are we trying to just repeat what we already did? Let's do new shit, dudes. Uh, The Last Jedi to me is just like, guys, why don't we just use a cup? (laughs) (laughs) We'll pour only the parts we still like into the cup. Yeah. And then we can fill the rest of the cup with, like, I don't know, some really nice gin. Yeah, or, like, some Hershey syrup or something. something. Right? Maybe both. Uh, yeah. uh, so they're in the throne room. Snoke starts reading Ray's mind because his intention is to find out where Luke is, kill him, kill her, and then the Jedi will well and truly be wiped out. And then that means he'll be able to wipe out the Resistance very easily. Yeah. Uh, and he does. He totally reads her mind. Yeah. Like, it's not hard. No. Nope. Yeah. But it's at that point that while she's... Then she's, like, taken hostage by Snoke, basically. Yeah. Um, and For Kylo, the purposes of making Kylo Ren kill yeah. her yeah. so right. that he can, like, reaffirm his connection to the dark side. Right. And because and, Ray says to Snoke, he's like, I've seen Kylo Ren. He abandons you and he joins me and we go to the light side. And Snoke is like, well, I saw something different. I saw him killing you. I saw him turning the lightsaber. Yeah. And then well, we he reveals to- He reveals at this point that... Snoke was the one who had connected them through the Force to begin with to set a trap, basically, like, I knew that my apprentice was shitty and conflicted, and I knew that you wouldn't be able to resist trying to save his bad boy charm. But Kylo Ren has another idea, and Mm -hmm. what he does is rotates Luke Skywalker's lightsaber formerly Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber. Oh boy, this is where we're going to get a whole bunch of backstory for Snoke, like where he came from, who his parents are, why he turned to the dark side, why his face looks like that, where he was during the original trilogy, how come he's outside there in the unknown regions of space, what was he doing, how did he start the First Order? Alright guys, I'm in, let's learn this shit, let's do it! Unceremoniously, Kylo Ren activates Luke's uh, lightsaber and cuts Snoke in half. And it's the best! Like in half. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're telling me... I mean, not stem to stern in half, like horizontally in half. Right. You're telling me that just because he didn't have a 40-minute exposition dump the first time we saw him, that doesn't necessarily mean he was supposed to be a mystery? No. Like, it's okay for him to just be the bad guy? 
To be a bad guy, yeah. That's the coolest fucking thing this movie's done. I am <laughs> right. on fucking board. Anyway, well, let's was, find was, out about Ray and where her parents are and where she came from. Uh, how come she's so strong in the force? I'll bet she's a Kenobi. No, I'll bet she's Mace Windu's kid. That's right. He survived Order 66. He didn't go out like a punk being thrown through a window. He's alive and in charge. This is going to be great. Guys, let's get to it. Who are the parents? It's nobody. Yeah. It's drunk gamblers who sell her for booze money. Yeah. Hang on. Of course, we don't find that out quite yet because the real coolest thing in the world happens in this movie and Ray and, and Kylo, Kylo Ren, Ren proceed to kill everybody. go ham on yeah. some Praetorian yeah. guards. Now they get torn to pieces. Uh, this <laughs> is bad news. For me, one of one of if not the best lightsaber fights or fight sequences in general in Star Wars. Yeah. It's Amazing! It's the perfect mix of like the Empire Strikes fa- fa- Empire Strikes Back fight between Luke and Vader. So you just accidentally mad TV'd Empire Strikes Fat as like a weird like Richard Simmons parody. I did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I no, no. Put it's, on this curly wig uh, and his spandex. <laughs> that's my fault. It's where uh, it's where old Mark Hamill shows up in Weird Al Yankovic's "I'm Fat" video and sure. slices him down. Right on. I'm also acceptable with that, too. All right. Uh, I love, by the way, that there was that whole podcast of where is Richard Simmons, and there was that whole mystery of, like, who has kidnapped him, and, like, his maid, like, locked him up in his mansion and won't let anyone see him. I'm pretty sure he's just in his house. And that's what it is. It turned out he just wants to be left alone, (laughs) because he lived the last 30 years of his life in the spotlight. As a punchline, too. and, 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 like... And as uh, as a punchline to everybody else, but to the people he helped, he was a fucking hero. Yeah, yeah. And like that guy fought through fucking knee injuries and back injuries, and that guy like changed so many people's lives. Like I didn't realize how important he was to certain people until listening to that podcast. So in a way, it was kind of helpful. <laughs> but in the other way, it was fucking cheap shot and bullshit. Because poor Richard Simmons just wants to sit in his house and hang out and just not do anything yeah. because he gave thirty years to the public and getting made fun. <laughs> by David Letterman like once every couple of months. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just wants to be left alone so yeah. he can deal his meals in peace. Right? Ugh. Anyways, this fight, I, I'll, I'll tell you this, so uh, a, a week or so ago, I don't know when the podcast will be coming out, uh, I did a guest spot on my buddy uh, Chris Bashan, who was here for the True Lies episode. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a podcast called the Nerd Outcast Podcast, uh, and we did The Last Jedi, and we talked about this. And... I was having a conversation. One of the guys that was on there, um, his name is Orion. He is a fight choreographer. Like, that's what he does professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, that's what he does. And he was sitting there saying that, like, this fight, this Star Wars fight, was, like, the fight he'd always wanted to see. Like, the stakes and the way it was put together. I just thought that was really awesome to have somebody who legit knew what he was talking about be like, yeah, it's fucking badass. It's so Mm -hmm. kick-ass. And it is. It's so cool. Yeah, it's a great it's amazing. And the Praetorian Guard have dope weapons. They've got yeah. like these weird staffs that you can break off into two mini sticks, or, or a you whip. can turn it into a you fucking whip. whip. It's yeah. great. Yeah, you can fucking whiplash in and Iron got, Man Two. They've got those weird fucking General Grievous like purple lightning things, so they can you know stack up to a lightsaber, right? Like little yeah. like, vibro blade yeah. shit. So they dispatch them. The bridge is currently on fire. Uh, yeah, this is the part where Kylo Ren says, "Like, look." Your parents are nobody. You're nobody. But you're somebody to to me. me. Can't you see? Can't you see? 
Oh no, now we're in some kind of a musical. I guess we're in Newsies. It's me, Ryan Johnson, all right, all right, directing God Newsies. You calm it down. Oh, dude, hold on. Hold on, I'm Christian no, Bale. No, you calm all it right? down no. too. You listen to me, all right? You walk into my podcast right in front of me. No. Well, I'm trying to sing a song from Newsies. Fuck you. Fuck you, buddy. All right? I've been working hard. We've all been hey, working hard. You walk guys, right in front of me. Guys, Bailey, guys, Bailey, the lights aren't on you. You can monologue as great as you want. Nobody can see it. It's me, guys, David Lynch, and I'm just here to remind you <laughs> that if you want to catch the big ideas, you've got to go back to the plot of Last Jedi. And anyway, Ray says, no, I don't see it. And so then they get into a weird force tug-of-war over the Yeah, basically, Kylo Ren says, like, look. Uh, you know, Ray says, look, we've killed Snoke. We've won. We need to give the order to stand down to let the resistance go. And he says, no. Fucking let it burn. Let it all burn. Let's just make a clean break. No more Sith. No more Jedi. No more First Order. No I more mean, Rebels. Just We're you done. and me. He's got a point. Yeah. <laughs> but he takes it a step too far in saying, like, just you and me ruling the galaxy with an iron fist. Yeah. Because he has he no intention wanna... of giving yep. up on the First Order. Yeah. And then she's like... Nah. Nah, seems a bit Nazi to me. Yeah. Yep. And so then, then they rip the lightsaber in half. Yeah. And there's yeah, a fucking uh, King David comes in and says, you both want the lightsaber, we'll cut it in half. <laughs> that would be Solomon. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> King they, David's it, noble it son. It blows up, Ray wakes up first and escapes on the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. At this point, shit is going crazy. Well, right. like Finn, like, so we, yeah, yeah. Finn and uh, uh, Finn, Rose, and DJ have been captured by the First Order. Uh, they're on communication with Poe. Poe hears them getting uh, basically uh, caught, and the mission's a failure. And he's like, "Oh shit! Like, I played my last hand. I did this desperate gambit. It didn't work. Now we're all going to die, and it's totally my fault." When who should kick down the door of the fucking cockpit? General Leia Organa. Who probably shoots his dumb ass. Yeah, sets her blaster to stun and stuns his fucking dumb ass. And when he wakes up, he's on a rebel transport. And they are uh, about to land on the planet Crate, uh, which is with, where there's an old abandoned rebel base. Uh, and he's like, oh no, you know, the, we're not going to be able to escape. These things aren't shielded. They're not armed. And Leia's like... They're only tracking the big ship, dum-dum. Yeah, this was the plan the whole time. If you had just stayed cool about it, we'd be fine. The plan is that, yeah, basically they're using the big ships as bait so that they could stealthily sneak onto Crate. Once the last of the capital ships, which has been evacuated by this point, explodes, the First Order will think they have won. The Resistance can then send out a beacon to rally their forces and go in for a counterattack. Unfortunately, DJ turns coat. He doesn't so much turn well, coat. He doesn't so much turn coat yeah. as he just continues being DJ. Yeah, he just sells his wares. Yeah. He There's, sold his right, wares yeah. as a guy who can open doors. He sells his wares as a guy who knows. And stuff. we know that it's, he's kind of unscrupulous and kind of kind of in the middle gray ground. Well, it's not even really it's, like middle gray ground. In a, in a, a story about like ultimate good versus ultimate evil, he is a moral relativist. He sure. just looks at the current situation yeah. at hand and decides what is the one thing that he can do to have any kind of agency over the situation. Right, and we know that he's kind of like this beforehand. There's a scene where him and Finn are talking, and Finn's like, all those people on that planet are bad guys. They're arms dealers. And he demonstrates and he that they sell them, weapons to both sides. Exactly. He demonstrates that they're yeah. selling fucking TIE fighters to the 
new first order, but they're almost of the new order. I know. Hey, are you trying to revive an ancient way of fighting in the galaxy like a cargo cult for the Empire? Check out our new Starfighter, the Blue Monday, the bizarre love triangle. I can't think of any other new order songs. I'm just thinking of Joy Division songs now. Anyway, call the number on your screen. It's me, Mr. Order. Bye. Love, love so anyway, that's my friend Ian Curtis from our previous band, The Joy Division. Ah, uh, yeah, we were named after a bit of a Nazi sex camp. Sorry about that, mates. Who knew that in the year 2018, there would be Nazis again? Not us. New Order. Hi, I'm Mr. Order. <laughs> <laughs> Are you to set up revival of the Empire? Because we can sell you big footy ships that crawl on all fours. We can sell you big-ass guns to shoot I've become Australian <laughs> oh no guys what did men at work get here <laughs> it slowly happens to everyone sure so uh, at this point uh, yeah DJ uh, basically saves himself by selling out the information on the rebels and, and he leaves with the perfect line which is uh, you blow them they blow you up today you blow them up tomorrow and then just leaves yep. and then he just leaves he takes his big pile of money and leaves yep just like Han Solo did at the end of New Hope until I he came back. That guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's pretty bad. Aside from his debilitating speech impediment, impediment. he's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, at this point, it is kind of the lowest point in the movie. Uh, Captain Phasma has returned, uh, and she wants revenge for getting thrown in what in that trash compactor in the last movie. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, they're fighting. They're about to. Her and Finn start to fight. Or they're going to be executed, rather. Yeah. And, like, they're going to be beheaded with vibroblades. Yeah. Uh, when Admiral Haldo, uh, in an effort to uh, put some distance between the rebel transports... Because yeah. DJ and- didn't just sell himself out. He sold them the, the codes to track the smaller ships. Right. Right. So, the you know, Admiral Haldo is on the last of the capital ships because somebody has to be there to pilot the ship. She says goodbye to Leia. They have a very poignant speech to each other. Uh, Holdo now sees that, oh no, the First Order is targeting the smaller ships and blowing them up. I gotta do something. It might as well be the coolest fucking thing anyone has done ever. And she sets the capital ship, the Radis, into hyperdrive and drives it through the First Order fleet yeah. and specifically Snoke's ship. And the effect is amazing. The sound drops out. The color disappears. And it's just like 30 seconds of quiet as you see the, the uh, holes opening up in all oh, the different ships. It's so cool. It's so awesome. It is great. Uh, and But this provides just enough uh, of a distraction because it starts blowing up Snoke's ship yeah. that Finn is able to fight Phasma uh, and kind of get back yep. on his feet. They have a little scrap em up. They have a little yeah. scrap em up, but at this point that Finn finally 
finally identifies himself as one of the resistance when Phasma, uh, after being hit in the face and her metal uh, armor broken off, you can yeah, see her Yeah, she reversed T-1000s. Yeah. Yeah. He, she looks at him and she's like, You'll, you were always scum. And he says, rebel, rebel scum. scum. Which is like one of the only times they refer to themselves as rebels and not resistance. Right. In movies. And then yeah. he fucking is about to kick the shit out of her, but instead the ship breaks and she just falls in a pit. Yeah. She just falls in a Also, BB-8 steals an ATST and shoots the fuck yeah. out of a bunch of guys. Right. It's pretty terrific. And I'm then pretty they run sure, back to a ship and get off. It's I'm pretty, pretty sure BB-8 has the highest personal body count in the movie. He may. Undoubtedly. Actually. Yeah. He really may. He kills a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, so Finn and Rose get back to the Resistance, which have landed on Crate to set up their defenses and call for aid in the surrounding star systems. Using Leia's personal code. Yeah. yeah. Assuming that they have allies all throughout that. Once they hear from her specifically, Right. They will come to their aid. Uh, so they send out the beacon, but no, everyone hears them, but nobody will come because they have lost hope. Right. Uh, so they basically, they dig in, the resistance digs in for a frontal assault a la the Battle of Hoth. Because it's salt. And who should appear inexplicably? Uh, not there yet. Oh, yeah? We got uh, one last thing, which is uh, Ray escapes out. Uh, the Falcon. With the Falcon. To the Falcon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the First Order starts landing their ground troops, and they have a big, basically, like, Death Star tech gun yeah, to just blow the fucking lid off of this rebel base. Yeah, but it's more, it's less a Death Star gun than it's more well, like a it, Star Killer gun. Right, well, uh, Finn specifically says that it's derived from star, uh, Death Star from technology. From the Death Star right. gun, that's what It's similar to the, to, to the Star Killer base gun, yeah. meaning it seems to fire, like, radiant energy. Right. Um, it has the incredibly stupid name. Battering ram gun cannon. Battering yeah, ram cannon. Yeah, it's one of those ram cannons. You know, yeah. those cannons that are rams. And it's going to blow down this big ass yeah. door. So they send out these, uh, like, skipper hovercraft to go and try to take out the cannon before and it they're can just fire. Like, they're like the rickety golf carts at the shitty public yeah. golf course. Yeah, they really are. Spaceships. Uh, but this is where Poe kind of finally learns his lesson that, you know, the resistance doesn't need heroes, it needs leaders. And when it's obvious that they're too late. Uh, the you know the the first order sends out some Tie fighters to take care of them, but then the Millennium Falcon swoops in, takes all of the Tie fighters on a merry chase. Yeah, gets through all the, the tie core of the planet. Out. And I gotta say, as as resistant as I tend to be for when uh, specifically Star Wars tries to like push my nostalgia buttons, I tend to get very defensive and not like it. But holy shit, when the Falcon is going through the Crystal Castles and you hear the fucking Death Star Trench Run music from Return of the Jedi and it's just, oh, Chewie, we're home. (laughs) It's really awesome. (laughs) Like everything that the uh, Force Awakens tried to do to get me to like feel warm and fuzzy nostalgia that didn't work there works in fucking spades in this Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, So Poe realizes that they're too late. The TIE Fighters had delayed them just enough that the cannon is starting to activate. They don't have enough time. But uh, Finn says, no, no, I'm going to do a suicide run up into this thing and it's going to blow it up and I'm going to be a hero. Because he has missed all of Poe's character Of course. Yeah, he was on a different planet. And uh, who should save him but Rose? Rose uses her speeder to knock him out of the path of the activated beam to save his life uh, because she points out, you know, the way that we're going to win this war is not by killing what we hate, but by protecting what we love. And then she goes into a coma, because I guess you can't end one of these ah, movies. She no. gives him a kiss first. They yeah. do get a little smoochy smooch. Yeah. And then she goes into a coma. 
and basically, this is another thing that the internet has a problem with. Of just like, how come she didn't let him do it? He was going to do it and win. Except if you look at it like, no, that laser is way too activated for him to get anywhere close enough Especially with his to dumb, do damage with to With his it. dumb, crusty razor scooter yeah, of right. a fucking ship. Like, he was going to make it maybe another 10 meters, and then the fucking laser blast was just going to vaporize his him. His ship was already falling yeah. apart. Yeah. Like, pieces of it were melting off. All exactly. of them were. So they are at their most vulnerable. The door has been blown open. And then uh, you were saying something, Patrick? Who should appear? Who does appear? In the back of the cave, inexplicably, but none other than one Luke Skywalker. Oh, shit. He had time to stop for a haircut and a beard dye. Yeah, he looks a little different. He looks looks put together. He does. After his uh, encounter with Yoda, he's like, whoa. He, like, finally looks in the mirror and he's like, gee. <laughs> what do I do? I let myself go, uh, so but I still got a rocking bod. He, so he has a touching scene with uh, Carrie Fisher. Yeah, where they're he, all like goodbye. He yeah. has the the dice from the cockpit of the uh, Millennium, Millennium Falcon. Falcon because again, uh, I even keep forgetting that in the chronology of the movie. Han Solo has died at most a couple days ago. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so he gives her the dice from the Millennium Falcon. She says, "I know what you're gonna say." I've done something different with my hair because Carrie Fisher, you were a national treasure. Yeah. Uh, And again, it's so hard not to read every single scene of this movie that Carrie Fisher has as literally every single character is constantly saying goodbye to her and how much she personally has meant to their lives. So it's really hard not to have that meta level of like, this is also kind of the performers getting to say goodbye to a very yeah. respected actor. Right, which they, which they are in essence not because uh, as Force Awakens was Han's movie and Last Jedi was Luke's movie, the, Episode Nine was to be Leia's film. Right. Oh. So in anything, what they're doing is they're like, all they're doing is every time they're hyping talks to her, her up, they're hyping her yeah. up for this next yeah. movie. And unfortunately, like we won't get that. Yeah. Like Ooh. it'll That's be right. it'll be interesting to see like how they kind of like retool that story. I swear to God, if it's an opening crawl and like uh. Uh, Leia died super heroically. Uh, go read. Oh, man. She passed go read out it. on a toilet like Elvis. Leia had to return to her home planet. <laughs> Move frame out of screen. <laughs> go read Marvel Comics Star Wars issue number 37. True Believers. Bye. So anyway, Luke, Luke after that little heartstrings uh, playing, yeah. Luke rolls out to face the whole uh, in First Order force. Yeah. And they open up all the guns. Kylo well, Ren makes yeah. that explicitly clear that he wants all the guns fired at Luke. And he's and really dude, mad. He's yeah. super mad. And he's just like, I want every gun to fire on him. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so they make a huge crater where the Luke dust should be. clears. Luke Skywalker, untouched, dusts off his robe. Yeah. Come at me. Bro. So, uh, don't forget the bro. Right. Kylo cannot resist. He goes down to the surface to engage uh, Luke Skywalker in single combat. Yeah. Just screaming, you know, oh, are you here to save my soul? And he's like, nope, I'm not here. I'm just here to say, I'm sorry that I wasn't the teacher that you needed. I'm sorry I wasn't good enough for you. I'm sorry that this happened to you. And this just pisses him off even more. Where He's just like, oh, great. It doesn't matter because now you're here on this planet and I'm going to kill you and wipe out the entire resistance. And Luke Skywalker with a patented Lukey Zinger says, yep, except every word in that sentence was wrong. 
and they engage in a lightsaber battle. Except not, Luke really. never actually makes contact with Kylo Ren's lightsaber. And also Luke is using Anakin's lightsaber, which we just saw got split in half. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's like leaving footprints, though, right? No, no, oh, no, 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 no. This doesn't add up at all. No, it really doesn't. Until finally, Kylo Ren has had fucking enough and pulls a Darth Vader like, "I'm a, I'm gonna kill you." And, and Luke he says, says, "If you strike me down in anger, then you will never get rid of me." Which is true because I think that's the reason why he can't, why the you know, thought of Han still haunts him so badly is because he. He killed Han Solo, and he is not an evil person. And so he knows that, you know, if I give in to my anger, then I will, you know, Kylo Ren will know exactly what he is and will not be able to live with that knowledge. Right, so he swipes his lightsaber through Luke. Nothing happens. But it's like in those anime, right? Where they, like, they slice him with the katana, and it, like, takes a second for the body to split in half. No, It's not Voltron, bro. He's all like, what, bro? And then he stabs him with it, doesn't he? Yep. And, and and like, that's when we cut back to Octo, and we realize that Luke... Bless you. Shut up. (laughs) And we realize that Luke... Uh, is not on crate, no. and he hasn't gotten a beard trim no. or a dye job. No. I'm sorry, instead, I shouldn't have stopped for that haircut. He's just meditating really hard. He's projected his himself clear across the fucking galaxy yeah. in what is probably the single greatest use of the Force we've seen. The single most powerful yeah, what use. What I love is that both Luke and Leia have these moments of using the Force in exceptional ways, in, you know really demonstrating their power with the Force, their deep connection with the Force, but not in ways that you would expect. They're not, like, throwing droids around or, like, doing real intricate lightsaber moves. They're They're like fucking Yoda and the Emperor shit where they're just throwing, like, Senate chair pods at each other. (laughs) I mean, I kind of like that. Okay, but, like, but what you're saying... They're doing doing it very... They're doing... they're, They're both essentially used the force the way that it was supposed to be used the for defense the and never yeah. for attack because Correct. everything both Luke and Leia do with the force in this movie is completely passive and reactionary. Correct. It is right. never used to actually harm anything. Right. So once Luke uh, now he's like sweating he finally realizes he's given the diversion enough to the resistance to escape. Yeah, the resistance and, escapes in the back with some help of some crystal foxes. That's pretty cool. Yep, they they find a dead end, but it's okay because the Millennium Falcon and Ray show up, and she fucking force moves, moves all the, rocks, the shit out of all these all rocks. Out, and so the they get Falcon. They're on their way. Yeah, they get the entire yeah. remaining resistance yeah. onto the Millennium Falcon, and they fucking boogie out. And then right. Luke and it's now that the bows his head and is promptly raptured to spend the rest of eternity with Jesus and Nicholas yeah. Cage and Kirk Cameron and Kirk Cameron. Because guys, you guys, I don't know if you've heard this. God's not dead. Part three. Holy shit! That's true. Up to three. Yeah. No, they're not, really. They're doing part three. I knew they were working on a two at one point. Is Kevin Sorbo in all of them? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love that Hercules comes back to fight God again. (laughs) Oh. Hercules is going to win one of these days. No, no, no. Hercules is fighting on behest of God. Yeah. In the second one? Because in the first one, he's fighting God. Yes. In the first one, he's a shitty college professor. Yeah. I'll give an A to anyone who writes God is dead on their paper and hands it in right now. Yeah, he's bad. Because I'm a sentient straw man that got bitten by a radioactive asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
but then by the end of it, he finds God. Uh, and, and then gets hit by a fucking car. Well, yeah, I mean. Oh, does he get bounced around like a Meet Joe Black, though? Because that'd be baller. <laughs> uh, sort of. It's sort of like the ra- kind of ragdoll physics you would accept from, like, a PlayStation 1 game. Ooh. <laughs> they don't give Christian movies a big bunch. No, they don't got a lot of money. So anyway, uh, the, so yeah. the, the, the resistance escapes. Yeah. Um, and they, Luke Skywalker has become one with the Force. He literally just disappears. His yeah. clothes blow off into the wind. He is gone. Uh, the, the resistance is in dire straits. It's in dire straits, yeah. but there is hope. Unlike at the end of uh, Empire Strikes Back, where we see just a few of the members of the the rebels kind of sad, like they've just been they've been utterly defeated. Yes, even what I love about Empire Strikes Back is that not only do the rebels lose, the Empire loses because Vader does not get Luke. Nobody wins yeah. at the end right. of that movie. But they like, just struck back. Right, right. But the the rebels in at the end of Empire are very defeated. They're all very sad. Like, holy shit, like, things are bad. They just kind of, like, look out in the distance and it's just like, oh, well, fuck, I guess we have to keep fighting. But in this movie, as they're leaving, nobody's sad. Nobody's defeated. Even though there's yeah. literally, like, 40 people left in the resistance. Right. And Ray even says, you know, like... Ray's all like, boo-hoo, we're gonna lose now. What, yeah, like, what, like, what are we gonna do? Because we got hope and shit, bro. Because yeah. the, the return of Luke Skywalker was just enough. To inspire hope throughout the galaxy. Yeah, to yep. bring all those people who wouldn't respond to Leia back into the fold to mount one final like defense against yeah. Yeah. the First Order. Uh, so we quickly cut back to Canto Bite, where one of the slave children is getting yelled at by his cruel slave master. He very subtly uses the Force to grab his sweeping broom and holds it like a lightsaber. Uh, kind of... Uh, symbolically communicating that look the force has awakened and now it is no longer it was never really tied to genetics I think people kind of got too hung up on midichlorians I and mean, missed the forest for the trees definitely make that suggestion in the earlier movies like I understand the idea where they're well, like the hey wait movies, a minute this is a change well, like, I get that it's like Again, in, in the earlier movies, it's definitely hereditary. You can definitely have a bloodline that is strong in the Force, but, like, anybody can access the Force because every every living cell has midichlorians in it that can commune with the Force. But people with more midichlorians... Just had, like, an easier time. Yes, right. correct. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, but it's still, like, a, a there's a genetic element to it. Well, right. it's like... It's like uh, so like Which, frankly, this... for the record, is one of the things I always loathed about Star Wars, and I'm happy that they changed it. What? That it was, like, it's very much a prince, savior character with a destiny. Right. Whereas now, like, yeah. anybody could technically take Control. This movie you, basically you, says fuck off to all destinies. Yeah. So wait, but basically what you're saying, Patrick, is you like this because that means you potentially could harness the force. Is That's what you're right, Mark. Okay. Right. That's what I figured. And also, goddamn, if the remote is slightly out of range, I hope every single time that now is when my force awakens. I've also, done, yeah. accepting that people are born with destinies is why we're going to end up with J.B. Pritzker as our governor. <laughs> I mean... When, since what was the last time a rich guy running things was bad for stuff? Oh no! 
all of our current leaders. Okay, future, send us a postcard letting us know that everything is okay, and we, in the past, in turn, will bury some fresh oh. water for you. Well, hold future. on, I just got future. Hold on, I just got a pass a postcard that just appeared in my hand. Okay, let's uh, vote Tio Hardiman. Uh, oh, no. It just it just has the picture. It just has a radioactive single, signal, <laughs> and on the other side, it just says boom. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Wait, wait. Is that from Vault Tech? It's totally from Vault Tech. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I, no, just, I signed up for that. I last just took week. that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just no. a shitty loot crate service, basically. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that is the end of yeah, Star, Wars. Star Wars. Episode 8. The loot crate. It's the end of Star Wars. There right. is no more. I mean. And that was the last Jedi, so there won't yeah. be any more. Except now Rey is the last Jedi because she took all of the Jedi Whoa, text with I her. I think technically that kid with the broom is going to be the last Jedi. Well, here's the thing. is like, again, like the Jedi were just a particular dogma on how to access and use the Force. The Correct. next generation could just be Force users who go a different way. Force right. users There have always been in Star Wars. I mean, now this is all part of Legend. We don't need to get into this, but there's like the Witches of yeah. Dathomir and all these other people that... Oh, are- no, those are canon. The Clone Wars TV series is canon. Oh, I didn't realize... I've never seen uh, the Clone Wars, all of it. I didn't realize real the, good. I didn't realize that the Witches of Dathomir had been in that show. Yes. I just knew them from the books. Okay, yeah. anyways. Anyway. Moving on. That's the end of the movie. Blue credits, music. We'll be right back with bullet points. <laughs> <laughs> And we are back with Bob Bullet Points. For a while since we did this, uh, our first bullet point is Body Count. Body Counts. Patrick, what do you think the body count of Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi is? Well, considering all the ships that explode, I'm going to go with a clean 5,000. John, body count. 5,001. Damn it. Ooh, I like the way you uh, one-upped them there, literally. Uh, the actual body count of Star Wars The Last Jedi is indeterminate. Uh, nobody has bothered to catalog them all yet. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to say John wins. Yeah, yeah. There you go. How could he not at yeah. 5,000? <laughs> Congratulations, John. Well done. I did it. Um, a lot of people die in this movie. Yeah. At least 2,000 of them by the uh, spout of coin throwing of BB-8. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Easy. All right. Well, that takes us to our next bullet point. Best kill. Best kill. John, best kill. Boy, that's really hard. But I'm going to go ahead and say the best kill is definitely Supreme Leader Snoke. Because uh, first off, it is incredibly unexpected in the theater watching it for the first time when they get to kind of the throne room scene. And it's like, oh, oh, shit, we're doing Return of the Jedi already. All right, cool. I'm down. Uh, I can't wait to see how fucking Snoke gets his way out of this one because they can't get. Oh, oh, but they oh, they did. <laughs> and his fucking dumb dead body just flops over. It oh, it's in, great. In the background, out of focus. Yeah. It's so great. He just drops. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, best kill. I'm also going to go with the throne room fight. One of the red Praetorian guards gets dropped into some sort of pit, and there's just red confetti that shoots out. <laughs> he like, gets dropped great. into the throne room blender. 
Yeah. Yeah, he gets thrown in the, the, the throne room Fargo wood chipper. Right. And he just explodes in red confetti. Well, that's Fantastic. the thing is they had to make so many iced margaritas for Supreme Leader Snoke that they're like, we're just going to fucking put the blender in yeah. your room. Yeah. And then you can make one whenever you want and it's fine. Look, that Snoke's got a margarita pool. Like, <laughs> right. He's, fu- he's dressed for it, dude. <laughs> I feel like he's more of a Tom Collins guy. <laughs> I don't know what is a Tom Collins. I don't know what goes into it. I just know that they have a very special glass and a mix that they sell. (laughs) And in movies from 1960 to 1984, people would would always be like, oh, I gotta go to the store and get some Collins mix. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just uh, Setzer or Club Soda and uh, Grenadine. And then gin makes up Tom Collins. Then you put a cherry in it. Oh, okay. Interesting. We'll look this up later. And we won't talk about it. No, we nobody won't. cares. No, because nobody wants to Tom Collins. What is this? Nineteen seventy? I know, right? Yeah. Just what is this, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice? Who yeah, gives a right. shit? Nobody wants to Tom Collins. <laughs> Fuck you, Elliot Gould. Yeah. Uh, Mark, best kill. Uh, I am also going with the throne room sequence. Uh, during this amazing lightsaber v vibroblade fight, uh, there's a part where. Ray has been like sort of like restrained. She's like in a fucking chokehold. And she's got a lightsaber. She can't lift it up with her hand. This Praetorian guard is about to kill her. And in a way to uh, extricate her from the situation, she drops her lit lightsaber from her top hand to her other hand and then turns and just cuts this fucking dude in half. And it's so kick-ass. Yeah. That's some nice. Tommy Lee Jones in the hunted yeah, shit. Yeah, it really is. It's really awesome. Yeah. Also, honorable mention to the Praetorian Guard who gets uh, the lightsaber just popped through his fucking skull. Yeah, but that's, that's Kylo Ren. He gets yes. the lightsaber, turns it on, turns it off like all like, like a magalite. He just kind of yeah. turns it and And it just makes a skull. pop. Yeah. And it makes yeah. a really cool pop sound that guy does. It's yeah. great. Good old getting your brain cauterized. It's real good. Uh, that'll take us to our next bullet point. Since uh, we've already established the rules of Star Wars, that there are no war crimes, as the, these movies do not fall, unfortunately, under the Geneva Convention, uh, we are going with Best Weapon. Best Weapon. Patrick, Best Weapon. I want that mile and a half long fish spear. That thing is great. <laughs> sure. The yeah. Luke Skywalker like yeah. football field. You can make harpoon. like a really badass like Spartan phalanx oh, with man. 15 of those. Imagine when you were like running down the street and the bus is like at the end of the block and you just hook that thing out there and stop it for a second. That'd I mean many great. times, many times. Wait, hold I, on, hold on. I wake up in the morning, the alarm sets out a warning <sighs> and I pray I'm going to make it on time. But I get ready for my day just in time to see the bus fly by. Oh, You're man. saying I could spear that? Yeah, shit? you could fucking just stop it right dead up and hold it and crawl a little towards it. Well, you guys, on. it's all right. I'm saved by the giant fucking fish spear. Right. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Don't you remember that crisscross song, I Miss the Bus, sure. where it's all about stabbing a bus with a mile-long harpoon? <laughs> of course. Yeah, riding yeah. low on my chair. She'll think I'm not there. If I can stab that with a fish spear, it'll be all right. Got Why will it be all right? Because I'm saved by the... Fish spear? Because I'm saved by the... Fish spear. Because I'm saved by the fish, fish spear. spear. Oh, we yeah. did it, guys. Nah, I want one of those. Oh, man, fantastic. Uh, Patrick, 
Best weapon. That was my weapon. John. <laughs> sorry. John talked so much I just assumed it was his. Uh, Guys, I famously don't like talking about Star Wars. Correct. Famously. John, best weapon. Boy, howdy, that's a tough one. Um, I am going to have to go with the uh, fucking uh, Red Guard multi-tools. Yeah. The Leatherman of yeah. the Empire. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, again, they are everything. They are nunchaku. They are spears. They are like bow staves. They are whips. Two uh, swords. One sword. Yeah. Anything you want. And each one seems to have a specific training and a specific mode of this weapon. Like there's the whip guy who like immediately turns this into a whip. He likes whipping. Yeah. Uh, there's the fucking nunchuck guy who again like just immediately like that's his go-to. And yeah, it's just it's fucking really cool and it's rad. pretty rad. It is nice. Uh, Mark. Best weapon. Uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, the Radis being hyperspaced <laughs> into another ship. Yeah, it does turn into a melee weapon. It's the best. Yeah. Um, I hope that that's not something that gets just like thrown around in other Star Wars movies after this. Well, and here's the thing: uh, Ryan Johnson, in his tour of having to explain things that shouldn't have to be explained about Star Wars: The Last Jedi, uh, has. Or maybe it was Paul, uh, it might have been uh, Hidalgo of the Lucasfilm Story Group accompanying him on his tour of explaining things about Star Wars The Last Jedi that don't need to be explained. Pointed out, okay, capital ships aren't cheap. And we make a point of saying that the Resistance is very poor and they're buying from arms dealers and, like, they can't afford to just start hyperspacing all of their capital ships at things. And, like, the single little, like, single pilot fighter ships are not going to do as much damage to like hyperspace through something to make it worth sacrificing a pilot a droid and a ship to try to do that right right uh fantastic guys well that takes us to our final bullet point of the evening is this an action movie is this an action movie Patrick, is this an action movie? I thought yes. Yeah, anytime you got horse raptors, I'm all about it. <laughs> all right. John, is this an action movie? I Yes. I would say that this is probably the most action movie structured of any of the Star Wars movies. With the exception of maybe Rogue One. Sure, but that's Possibly, more of like yeah. a war, like a like right. a like a classic like Vietnam set war movie. Right. It's it's more like it's closer to like platoon or yeah, or Saving Private Ryan yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's one tight story told. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark, is this an action movie? Absolutely, it is. Uh, any movie that's got at least uh, one crazy awesome ship battle where Poe Dameron straight up does a Battlestar Galactica Raptor skid in his X-wing. <laughs> To zip back. And what I love is he braces himself against the cockpit with oh, his other arm. So yeah. cool. He's got a Tokyo Drift, that shit. It's yeah, good. man. Plus a dope lightsaber fight, plus a second lightsaber fight, plus gorilla fisted walkers, yeah. plus a giant laser, plus Luke Skywalker. Definitely an action movie. Hands down. Of course it's an action movie. Guys, it's time for final reviews of Star Wars Episode 8 The Last Jedi. John! <laughs> Final review. I honestly think that it is time for Star Wars to end. I am so outrageously satisfied by this movie that unlike the end of Force Awakens where I was like, God damn it, I need the next movie right now. 
This movie, I, I I could be fine if this was the last ever Star Wars movie. It it feels like it thematically wraps things up enough that I don't feel a like compul. I'm fucking obviously going to see every goddamn Star Wars movie. Of course, yeah. right. it's from yeah, now yeah, until yeah, the goddamn right. end of yeah, time. Yeah, it's like, it's like but like, th- they could totally just drop the mic and walk away if they wanted to. Like, where would this you, movie's insanely good. Where would you rank it in the list of Star Wars movies? All right, uh, favorite is still Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. I think followed by Last Jedi. Uh, then you got your New Hope. You got your Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith. Um, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, that one episode of X Files where it's shot like an episode of Cops. Well, that's a great episode. Yeah, and solid. then Caravan of Courage. Oh, nice. What about what about uh, Battle for Endor? Uh, I don't recognize that as canon. Interesting. Where would you put Rogue One in there? Uh, into my DVD player when I'm doing some chores. Great, fantastic. <laughs> Patrick, final review: of Star Wars Episode Eight. Ten adats out of ten adats. All right, and the best adats. Their feet roll backwards and shit. And where would you rank this in the list of Star Wars movies? Uh, I, hmm, that's a good question. I think I would still take Empire as my first favorite. And I I think I'm also going to take this as second, though I think I like Rogue One more than this. Okay, all right. Uh, Mark, final review of Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Um, I'm going to come right out and say it, uh, just like everybody else. Empire number one, Last Jedi number two. It was no question for me uh, and then after that I'd go New Hope then Rogue One then Jedi then Sith Phantom Menace uh, Attack of the Clones yeah all the trashy Caravan of Courage Battle for Endor that episode of the X-Files where they shot it like cops Galaxy Quest for the record that one's called X-Cops that's 100% true <laughs> for the other record each and every one of us to a person did not put Force Awakens on that list. <laughs> oh, shit, that's right. That's true. Totally Which, again, it just speaks to how much of an okay movie that yeah, yeah. is. It's kind of a little goofy, if I recall. It just kind of, it just kind of, yeah. it just kind of sits there. Yeah. I'd probably you know? put Force Awakens on my list, like, right after Jedi. I think I'd, I'd still, I'd, I'd, put still put it, I'd still put it above all the prequels. No, I would put Revenge of the Sith over... Uh, Force Awakens because for all of its flaws it is really audacious in the amount of new things it's trying to do with Star Wars it just doesn't quite succeed and I will put an ambitious failure over a well made ambitious list movie any day nah not me I want a movie that at least like looks like it was made by someone who knows how movies (laughs) work Uh, so that'll do it for listening audience go back and listen to all nine hours of prequel podcasts we recorded <laughs> to get all of my very important views on the prequels being pretty okay movies. Guys, I want you to know that we've officially gone one minute over the previous time we recorded this. Nice. And uh, I have been holding back so much how this ties into the prequels and I just, I've, I've been very, I would like to be recognized for being very restrained. No, because you spent 40 minutes of this podcast going, Here I am, audience. Holy shit, Ryan Johnson, I loved your movie. <laughs> Thank you. Brothers Bloom is the best film ever. Oh, buddy, you, you tried. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Pew, pew. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney, and Mark Rosenthal. 
Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, pretty much anywhere fine podcasts are purveyed. And please leave a rating and review. You can like us on Facebook, you can follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or you can email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.